1: Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Duvall. I'm Alex Coos. I'm Matt Kroger.
2: And I'm Rough Enough. We're back. 2021 is almost complete. We are going to take our look back at the year that was 2021. You know, I don't even know, guys, how many times we've been we've done this. But I'm assuming it's been at least six years.
3: Oh, not with all of
2: us. This is well, my no, third, I think. This is the third yeah. for you. How about you, Matt?
3: Mm, yeah, this would be second or third for me. I think three. Okay. I can't Jeremy? remember. I can't
1: uh, four, maybe four or five. I think you guys maybe did one or two without me. Yeah. Uh, and obviously this is
2: the, well, you know what? Now that, now that you think about it, I think it goes all the way back to when it was me, Andy and Mark, maybe yeah. even back to magic radio. So mm. this might be well, like the would, seventh or eighth. And obviously the first, the one, first without one. Mark. Without
0: Mark. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or Steve. Yeah. Yep. She was jumping to black Friday purchases. I know you
1: guys spent tons of money. What? Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> Jeremy you want to kick us off? Sure. I didn't really go super hard this black Friday. I got married this summer, so was trying to like not go too crazy, but I do have a couple ner- noteworthy hobby purchases that I discovered this year that I want to share. So not exactly black Friday related, but just sort of the year in review, looking back, what have, what if I'm really happy that I I got. And a, a couple things really stick out to me is I've started using the Raphael Da Vinci 8404 series brushes as a, alternative to windsor newtons i know some people were having some issues i had had some issues with windsor newton quality control so a couple of my buddies were big fans of the a404 series brushes and i absolutely love them the number two is probably my favorite brush in existence right now super fine tip but also can hold a lot of paint so it can do a little bit of everything a great workhorse brush so that's up there and then other than that i think my biggest uh, which was like we joked about it this summer. My my wedding present from Reaper Paints and eBay was picking up the whole Reaper Paint system for twenty bucks. I love Reaper Paints. Th- they've been an, another big thing for me. So no, nothing really Black Friday related. So much. I did pick up some Mercia Minis. I know Alex did too. I'll I'll lead it over to him in a second. But for the year, uh, my big kind of discoveries was I just absolutely love Reaper Paints, and then picking up that new line of brushes was really great. But what about you, Alex? You hit the nail on the head. I think
4: all of my Black Friday purchases were Mercia minis. It actually was like a week or two before Black Friday because they, they had a buy one, get one free host sale, which is their hosts are kind of like army deals. So I picked up a bunch of like large infantry hosts. So I got some like Norse trolls. They're going to be either thunderseers or butchers or something. I don't know what I'm going to do, gonna do with them, but they're like these pretty grotesque, Giant trolls. There's one that has. There's one group that has like two-handed weapons, and one that has, you know, giant great weapons. And there's like a. They come with giants as their kind of character, so that'd be kind of fun to use either in Riftforge orcs or something going forward. Some bog swamp elemental things. They're kind of like made out of like mud and moss and some, you know, just a whole bunch of weird stuff and they come with like a druid and there's a couple different sizes so i might use them as like water elementals or earth elementals depending on the kind of list that i'm doing and then i think i picked up some more werewolves similar style to the the wolves that i'm using for my honor guard dark age armored werewolves so they're not quite as huge as some of the, the newer stuff but they uh they're good like 40 mil large infantry size either as fallen or lichens or something there's just a bunch of stuff that I've been looking at put they are on my my wish list for quite a while so I think I just jumped on the opportunity to pick up a bunch of it because hopefully you know as we get through this episode hope we'll find that that I hopefully I can move past my cult of the raven at some point this year <laughs> eventually so just planning planning for the future you know accumulating you know wealth into my pile of opportunity
1: hmm. How Pile you, of Matt? opportunity I like that
4: yeah, it's just I'm just building up a little bit of inertia. Like, look at all these cool things, cool low model count hordes and things that I can paint once I get this army finished. That's, instead, that's instead
1: cool. of your closet of shame, it's your pile of opportunity.
4: Yeah, I've, I just I just spent some time organizing the desk and reorganizing some of the totes into totes of opportunity. <laughs> so we'll see. I think I'm I'm done painting humans for a little while after this, like after the next two months. So I'm going to go on to large large infantry, monstrous infantry, large cavalry, and like titans. Just low model count, large things.
3: No more humans for a while. How about you, Matt? That's a beautiful reframe, mate. You know, I, I like that. Yeah, particularly for someone who's been getting a, a copping a bit of stick from uh, other members of the household about their pile recently. So, uh, Black Friday uh, for me was pretty much all STLs. So I took the opportunity to buy basically um, the rest of the STLs for the Dragon Empire that they're not, they haven't released as, they haven't released as uh, made themselves, so that you can only get buyer STLs and printed. Um, and then what else did I buy? I bought all of the lost Kingdom STLs for their undying dynasties so that we can do a Empire of dust army uh, and a couple of other terrainy ones. So yeah that was that was pretty much all mine because I I have a big pile to work through. Uh, so yeah, it was all all to be printed stuff.
4: So my mini factory, like a lot of those guys had 50% off STLs. Yes. It was very tempting. Very tempting,
3: yeah. And for the ones, so I'm a Patreon of or a patron of um, Lost Lost Kingdoms, Um, so you could get your usual discount plus an extra forty percent off. So it was, um, it was definitely worth it. What about you, Rob? This has been a weird
2: year. This is the first time I can't recall uh, being super excited about Black Friday. In the past, I'd be like, okay, what's uh, you know all the different various sites, you know, and and I would queue them all up. What what's what's a tabletop, you know, a table war going to have? And I would go all the sites and check out all the deals. But first time, I've, I I didn't do any of that. I just really, the only thing I bought, I bought a couple things. I, I went uh, through my local gaming store and had him order me a bunch of paints. I went through all my paints and figured out some of these are four or five years old and the bottles is kind of running low. So I ended up buying $100 worth of reaper paints to kind of replenish and reload. Unfortunately, it's triggered me to go, oh, my paint rack is not sufficient anymore. My rack is set up for mostly 17 millimeter dropper bottles, but there's two end caps that have citadel paint pots other than the washes that's really the only thing i use from gw at this point long story short i'm gonna to have to be placing another order from australia back to basics to order some more uh
3: stuff uh to get another oh yesterday you preferred paint rack or... oh, oh yeah
2: I'll that's, a that's of those. they're they're amazing like literally i've been using it for many many years and they are they're not that expensive they have an unlimited colors man like you can get like you know you red, green, whatever. All the different colors are available. I, I'm, a, I'm an acrylic paint junkie. And they're pretty uh,
3: simple to put together as well.
2: Yeah, it's all like simple like screw and uh, washer and nut hardware. Mm. And I guess the other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about had a little epiphany. I bought a wing it. I bought a second wing it and it was $40 and I had a little cringe. Okay, because I had just bought two hard plastic airplanes that are bigger than the wing it from Games Workshop for $50. And I'm like, okay, are we getting to the point now where we're jumping the shark a little bit? It's it's apples to oranges. I get all that. But I mean, I have two unbelievably nice-looking Aeronautica Imperialis Grot Bombers, hard plastic kit, no no mold lines. Put them together in like 20 minutes. Really nice kit. And each one's 25 bucks. And I'm paying 40 for a resin. I know, I know it's the resin. I, know, I understand that. But at what point do we have to like... Hey guys, stop making them out of resin. <laughs> it's time to do something else.
4: There's a Facebook ad came up for Mantic. It was like the Abyssal Half Breed on the Great Winged or Abyssal thing on a great winged half breed, the abyssal dwarf character. And this Canadian price is obviously, but it was sixty five dollars. That's not an insignificant chunk of change right. for a large miniature that is, you know, relatively old. It doesn't compare nicely to a lot of things that you can get for fifty to seventy five dollars. So I think that, yeah, I think it's a hard, it's a tough one for Mantic right now. Tough position to be in.
2: And I'm sure wingets don't sell a million of them, right? Like there's a limit, you know, yeah. that's part of it too, right? It's not a core model. I love the resin stuff. It's buttery smooth. Yeah. The, we talked about the sculpts, but I'm wondering if it's going to inhibit growth. People are starting to go, well, I mean, for 10 bucks more, I could buy the GW <laughs> or for less. I'll buy cool Minion or not. I, I worry. I worry so.
3: Yeah, Anyways. I think I think you make a good point with that last point, which is what I was gonna say is I wonder if they're cruelled by volume as well. They're right in that space where they're, you know, trying to really up their quality, which they have, and the and the resin is amazing, but you're you're right. I think that the problem for them jumping with the plastic has always been do they haven't do they do enough volume to be worth mm-hmm. the cost of tooling up for the plastic? And they probably don't. So now they're like Alex said, they're in this really tough space where it's incredibly expensive for them to produce these individual models in resin and with the cost of, you know, we've all heard about the cost of shipping containers and things like that and um, going up ridiculously. So, yeah, I don't don't know how they fix it because they probably don't. They're still tiny, you know, they probably don't sell Mm -hmm. enough to be able to do the big things in plastic.
1: It's just something we'll be paying attention going forward, right? I I, I think they've made the choice, right, as a company to no longer be the, quote, like, cost-effective alternative that they want. They realize that people will pay more for nicer models. So I think that over the last couple of years, that's sort of a space they've transitioned into, right, Uh, producing higher quality models at higher price points. But is that ratio or are those two things increasing at the same rate? You know, is the higher quality of – uh, model as we go on the bell curve and the price goes up too or, or are those two points like going together some i think yes maybe some no but i i don't think you can't ca- you can't call them like inexpensive models anymore right
4: i think a lot of it is like the newer stuff is better probably a, like still a decent value or a, a closer but then the everything else the older stuff i think is getting up and going up in price as well to match the newer stuff and i think that's where some of the problems occur.
1: And some of those stuff is so old that even uh, one of my decisions, and I think it goes into a lot of people's decisions when they're wanting to do a full Mantic Army, because we're seeing a lot of that, which is great, right? People saying, in my repertoire, I want to have at least one all Mantic Army. Where are they going? They're going to the new Abyssal Dwarves, our goblins, or are they trying to pick the stuff that has the newer models because there really is a big disparity in quality between that old stuff and new stuff, and maybe not as much a disparity as price it would be cool maybe one time if they did like a sales maybe sometimes on their older stuff like they identified their legacy models maybe or something and would give you like a a discount on them if you're buying the new stuff and then want to pick up an old monster or whatever you get like
3: some sort of bonus or something could be cool yeah i do think though in terms of price point on their plastic they still compete you know their 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 army their army boxes are still very good it's mostly these individual monsters and these individual things that they're that they're not that lower price point anymore, which must be purely about the amount of resin, like it, and the and the labor, like that's it's the only explanation. But I mean, they they still definitely compete on boxes of stuff.
1: Let's segue over into the hobby updates. Jeremy, you want to start us off? Um, so I've been working on the Twilight Kin full bore. Um, I got a couple of my merch. Mersha models in from my Black Friday-ish. I had ordered two snake people to be my Roman, like Greek snake people to be my Dread Fiends, or Soul Banes on Dread Fiends. And they sent me one right one, but then they sent me one wrong one. I would order. there was like, it was one of those where it was the same character and there was two versions of her. There was her with a bow and her with swords. And I had ordered the one with swords and they sent me the one with bows. But I sent a email to Mersha and then the next day they're like, okay, it's No worries. We'll send you the right one. So that's on its way here. Uh, I haven't got it yet, but super. It was my first time dealing with their customer service and it was super easy. So shout out to them. I'm working on all my basing. I have most of my bases done for my army. Working on sort of the final piece of that Uh, for my gargoyles. I have some like tall towers on the bases because I'm using their like uh, heart renders is what they call it from AOS from their Daughters of Cain, which I'm using a few things. And a lot of them are like they're attached to rocks with their tails. But I'm going to shave that off and use these tall towers and attach their tails to that. So it looks like they're flying like around the tower. I'm just trying to create some like verticality right in the base of not just having them all the same, having them kind of flying through a tower and like trying to create some dynamicness. Uh, so I'm going to be really working on the the gargoyles over the next uh, couple of weeks. I started to work on my butchers and my horde of neophytes, but I really want to take Twilight Kin to Riddle of Steel in February. And Brinton has an old tournament quality painted dark elf army, old GW dark elf army. And we were looking at it the other day to figure out like what out of this could I use Um to sort of supplement, so but a, a couple of things he doesn't have is he doesn't have mind screeches, he doesn't have gargoyles, you know. So that's kind of what I'm going to start working on over the next month or two. So get three or four units finished, hopefully, so then I can play that list at Riddle. But I've been painting a bunch. I'm on vacation now for a couple of weeks. I don't go back to work until the beginning uh, after the new year. So I am still dedicated to bringing Twilight King the Masters next year to see if I could finish this army in a year from last master so there's going to be a lot of painting over the next couple of weeks I'm not going anywhere very much a staycation so I'm really uh, excited been getting some UB games in really happy with sort of thematically how the army's progressing I talked to my buddy Jesse who we've we've had on the show before he has a really nice Trident Realms army he's helping me with my army logo for my custom dice from Chessex. I'm doing kind of like a succubus head with horns Type. He's an artist, so he's helping me do a line art that would work on dice and on like my army uh, placard and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to go with red dice this time. And I like to use casino dice for my wound counter. So I think I'm going to, I have blue for my my base aliens trademark. So I'm going to get red for the Twilight Kin. And then I'm going to get, I've been running bark skin a lot. So I think I'm going to get some green casino dice for bark skin. I love that new spell. So I'm just really excited. I'm in that phase where I don't have. A lot done but i have just enough done now where the army is starting to move from just the drawing board to like i'm actually beginning to see some of its theme and stuff like coalesce so i'm totally psyched
4: that's awesome that kind of mirrors how i feel about the cult of the raven right now with myself (laughs) although on a very much larger time scale than you (laughs) so i actually have got a few real life games in with what I have painted and what I have like roughly assembled lately. My, uh, my club mates convinced me to bring a very partially finished list to uh, the clash of claws our one day tournament at the beginning of December. So I actually had some real life games with it, which helped because I think this last year I had, to, I had trouble getting, making time for hobby. So I didn't make a huge amount of progress on it. So I've been trying to get, things going again this fall i finally got all the wolves assembled for my honor guard so now it's down to you know performing some minor or potentially major surgery on some knights and wolves to fit saddles and riders to them over the next week or so we have march of death coming up in march here so i really want to get something ready for that so i think then i think i'm going to be in the same boat as you jeremy i'm just going to be going full bore for the next two months to really get this army going because now that i've had a couple of real life games with it it's like i'm getting a little bit more hobby momentum with it as well so i really want to see it on the table i got some really good ideas that i i really want to execute properly but i think having a little bit of time pressure with an event coming up will help that quite a bit. How about you, Matt? What have you been working on?
3: Uh, I'm just chuckling. Will it, will it really, Alex? Will it really?
0: (laughs) In theory, in theory, I'm,
4: I am, I am the ultimate, I am the ultimate procrastinator and I always have been. And without a deadline, I am hopeless to get anything done. And this last year, I knew I was if we were going to be coming back, I'd be running King Beyond the Wall, so I knew that I probably wouldn't be playing in it. So I, I, it was a very soft, soft deadline that my my brain just completely ignored. So now yeah. John is T, like my friend John McCready. He won King Beyond the Wall. He's my co-organizer for all the tournaments. He's going to be T.O.ing March of Death, so I'm going to be playing in it, and I'm not. I've just I've just said I'm not playing rats, so. It's going to be, it might be ugly, but it's going to be on the table.
3: Mm. Well, yep. And to be fair, we know that when we add a clock to you, you can play on time. So I use all of the available time yeah. that I
4: have given. <laughs> if, if there's no deadline, I will use, mm. I'll use all the time till now to the end of time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so my current hobby is well, still working. away. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, preface too much about what comes in our what did how'd we go with our uh, 2021 things but i've been still plugging away on the dragon empire i've got some bases coming for my armada i've just decided to go with the the acrylic ones you can buy because i honestly just can't be bothered doing you know and they look pretty good to me so. and they're super simple
2: right i even put a couple magnets into them but they work just fine
3: like mm. Yep. Yeah, so I've given up. Well, I didn't even try, honestly. So I've just decided to, to buy those. Uh, so they're on their way. Um, and I've been plugging away with organising some Clash of Kings Australia stuff So because that's only four weeks away now. So we're up to 51 players, which is good. I definitely know a few more will be rolling in. So we'll get close to our biggest ever, which is not bad considering you know, we're now being hit with Omicron, and so there's a little bit of nervousness around. So we'll just see. Um, yeah, so that's how I've been spending my hobby time. I don't see, even though I've painted a good number now, I don't see the Dragon Empire ending any time soon. <laughs> it's a permanent <laughs> but, project. It's a permanent project. I just, and, you know, I'm one of those people that I I don't like to have 2,000 points of an army. You know, I like to have four to 5,000 points 10, or something yeah i just yeah i just want Keep to be building able bigger to and bigger, bigger yeah you know what
4: there's no shame in having a lifetime project mm. just cover- <laughs> well
2: yeah, i yeah. mean if you never have to finish it then you never have to be called to the carpet right like, exactly
4: yeah it's always new. a work in progress
3: yeah. yeah yeah the worst bit is about like kind of like with you alex is any of the um human factors except maybe with the exception of green lady have lots of infantry So, you know, I've been in infantry mode the last couple of weeks, and so I think I'll be infantry mode for for a long, long time if I want to be able to play with all the variations. What about yourself, Rob?
2: I have been prepping a lot. I'm going to be uh, like Jeremy after tomorrow. uh, After Monday, uh, December twentieth, I'll be on vacation for the rest of the year. So I have been just building like a madman a bunch of things so I can paint, put together a couple starter boxes for Dead Zone terrain. I've got a little bit more of Armada. Extra bits to go paint, you know, paint on. Like, uh, I bought the stuff from Warlord games, like the sea monsters and some of the scenery packs. So, I've got to finish that. Put together a bunch of Imperial Aeronauticus, which is like, uh, I've got like, well, I have all the orc stuff. And so, um, ground assets, bombers. So, I'll be painting those up. Those I'm just going to try to paint pretty quick. Um, and then ogres, I've got to get ogres ready for the end of January for King of the Monsters. So, I need to get my, uh, bully painted and I need to make a Mothra model. And I'm thinking about using a couple, uh, Wingets. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it in my regular army, but I'm gonna re put a new base together because it's on a 75 millimeter base. And uh I thought that'd be cool because Mothra in the game lets you heal two heal force per turn. So if I have two Wingets, like on a base, right, kind of flying together, you know, it kind of makes sense, right? So kind of killing two birds with one stone. Um, and and my goblins are all put together, and so we're planning to. But my daughter and I are pl- well. I'm planning for her to help. She may have other ideas. The, the plan is to paint a couple thousand points of goblins in a couple weeks. And I've been experimenting with colors. And I think I'm going to go with like something like insane, like bright teal and bright pink and like just really like over the top stuff that I would never do because uh, I don't really care. Right. I just just want to have fun. Like you guys, I, tournaments, tournaments, tournaments. Right. So we just ran a one day yesterday. Which was crazy. We we had a six-day notice and we had 13 people show up, which sucks
4: because I didn't get to play. At Clash of Claws, we ended up with 13. We just like really, we talked about this on the live stream. We did uh ringer by committee. Three of us played two games at once at one point in the JS. So I awesome. my, I played two games, game one, and then I think Steve MacArthur played two games, game two, and then Jesse Bilbia played two games game three.
2: And I went to a two-day that didn't have a ringer and did give people buys. That's terrible, right? Like yeah. you got you gotta have. You yeah, didn't want worked. any buys and we
4: had 13 people and it was yep. like our first event at the store, back at the store. So we're like, everyone who showed up is playing. Yep. We're going to play. Mm-hmm. So, and I really appreciate it because I didn't, I got played one game. It came beyond the wall. Exactly. And all the guys are like,
3: you're playing today. And, and we're
2: like, playing again on the 8th. We got another yep. tournament another one day set up for the 8th.
3: That's awesome. So I think I had uh, one year where I ran six one days and I played in one. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I always well, I,
2: I, I legitimately need numbers. to practice. Like I legitimately yeah. am gonna get curb stomped if I don't know how to play it. So.
3: I forgot one hobby update. My Osmira arrived from Creature Caster. Oh nice. Yeah. So I've got to put that together. So that's the monster that's got like the head of a koala, a kangaroo, and a cassowary. And that's uh, one you'll put together that. yourself. Oh, you crazy. won't you won't outsort that? No, I won't engage my child labor for that. I don't I don't um don't trust him with that one. So. Okay. No,
4: you get you, you don't send him resin resin minis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. So I'm looking forward to putting that together and posting up some pictures. I I, I, I know, yeah, I don't know how many they sold, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to it.
2: Well, awesome. Let's jump in into uh 2021 year review, and let's start with highlights of the podcast. You know, in 2021, we did 52 episodes. uh That would start with 474, and it was called entitled vanguard so i think that might have been me and you talking about vanguard yeah matt maybe i think 77 and a half hours of content so 52 episodes 52 weeks it worked out pretty well once per week um slightly over like hour and a half ish per episode so you know can't go wrong with that let's go
1: wrong robin and see what were our favorite episodes uh jeremy i think one have some favorites on here on my list and also some ones that i think were just important or that resonate you know obviously in uh The end of uh, beginning of 2021, we lost our friend um, Jesse Cornwell. So uh, I remember when we got on and did episode 478, which was our tribute to Jesse and sort of talking about the sweaty Gigante GT. And just looking back over the year in regards to missing Jesse, it's been so amazing, all the money that everyone's raised. And sort of, I feel his legacy has been cemented um, as being, you know, just the great, amazing guy that he was. So it's nice to see his his legacy and levin, legend living on. And, you know, now we got the big deal upgrade for the Mammoth. And it's just so great to see just what the community did to make it so that, uh, though gone, he will never be forgotten. That mammoth is literally a big deal now. Like it actually is the big is, deal. It's it's actually good. Like like before, you're like you're taking a
2: concession. I'm taking that versus the giant. Now with the extra brutal and the, and the very inspiring bubble, it's like oh okay. And rampage, not to be undersold. Rampage D six. That's it's up to eighteen to attacks, good. man. As long as you can roll a four
3: in an army that got a significant buff. Yes. Oh yeah. So, Ogres are
1: looking really strong, I'm which glad I, would... I
3: just bought an all mantic ogre army. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a couple of my other favorite episodes, four eighty-seven, which was the Matt and Alex Q and a episode. And I remember I I've talked about this before, but I listened to that on the way home from the first tournament they had at Reno. And, uh, I just really loved that episode. Super funny to uh, hear you guys together. Um, It was awesome to have Rob back at masters doing his, uh, patented masters coverage this year was so amazing. You know, masters is always great, but it was so great to have Rob have the table set up again and doing content and everything. Um, episode 500, obviously right. Um, a great episode. I loved our, uh, can't say cock, cock anymore. Uh, October preview month. Matt was super fun that we did. Uh, we had a lot of fun organizing those episodes the meta episodes with Tom and Britton. So I feel, you know, we've had a, a, a lot of really cool stuff this year, I think, considering all the chaos and everything we've been going through. What about you, Alex? What episodes stand out to you?
4: Top of the list has to be getting to interview Alessio Cavatore with uh, Mark, that we did for the episode 500. It's kind of like a nice way for Mark to go out, you know, interviewing a big heavyweight. And then I, it was amazing for me to have the opportunity to like, actually, Take part in that, so that was a lot of fun. He's a he was a great guest. It was a lot of fun to uh, to make that episode, and you know, it got me uh, got me on track to learn how to edit quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, ob- obviously, and kind of tied to that was episode five hundred, and just you know, just everything involved with that. That was a lot of fun. You and Matt did a really great job with your uh, your cock foreplay episodes. You know, all every week, the little tease and it really kind of just like it was a good way to like build interest and excitement for which i turns out to be like one of the best you know clash of kings so far i think and then only because it you know i think i think i did this last year too but just the the triumph of finally uh, finishing at the edit on my episode with billy which might have been a 6 or 7 month process Uh, My Thanes of theme episode is a lot of fun because that I, you know, I've always loved Billy's armies and I've, we talked about it a lot last year, like putting an episode together to talk about his process and, you know, his inspiration and stuff. So it was really awesome to be able to, you know, showcase something that was, I think in the community is just an amazing example of how you can take what's simply like a gaming tool and make it something, a really creative process. You got a
2: really good, uh, or we got some good feedback on that episode at Kings of Winter.
4: This year, it did not go to plan for me. But uh, the initial idea was that for Billy and I, we were going to do his Thane's a theme with him. And then so go And his forward, dogs. And his dogs. Uh, Gimli, Legolas, and oh, I can never remember the third one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Scruffy Dog. Um, but going forward, Billy and I are going to kind of explore army theme with guests, you know in future episodes. That'd be
3: awesome. How about you, Matt? What are your favorite episodes? If you can't remember it, surely its name is Faramir or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my favorite episodes, I I love, I love how you managed to deliver. For those that don't know, we are, we are, um, we're actually recording this with video for ourselves, but just audio for you. And Alex managed to deliver all his innuendo then without a, without even the hint of a smile. (laughs) <laughs> well played, son. I really enjoyed the the Clash episodes with um with J-Dog, with Santa Ger. Um, you know, we had a great time doing those. Uh, got to talk to him a little bit more, which was great. An episode I had fun doing wasn't even one of our own. That was the one where um, I was lucky enough to to win in the Jesse donation you know and I got to do a I got to do an unplugged radio episode and we we had a segment called the airing of the grievances uh where the the partners got to say the uh the the most hated thing about the hobby that they had and that was good fun I really enjoyed the Jeff O'Neill episode and I think the reason I really enjoyed it was that I, I think I had this not being in the States or North America I I had this completely different opinion of Jeff I think I didn't expect him to come across as so approachable Approachable, personable.
2: you're not alone in that
3: yeah and so on and I think probably because you're colored by whinges right so people that (laughs) you know complain about lists or whatever yeah I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed interviewing Rose because I think uh, people have said to us before that it'd be great if we could get some more um, diversity and things on the show and interviewing her was great and what what she was doing to raise some money for the for the hobby and alex i really did like the theme so the Thanes of theme so i'm i'm hoping that we hear more of that in the future with you and billy i i really enjoy listening to billy and his dogs (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so they were mine what about yourself rob Uh, i'll start with episode 500 because i didn't have to edit it it's the
2: first episode that's been like a substantial episode that i didn't have to edit (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I listened to it with a very, very uh, editing ear. So I'm like, oh, I would have done this a little different. Or I would have probably, <laughs> but but he did. It, it was great. I didn't have to edit. As Jeremy mentioned, we, we missed or I missed the Masters the previous year. So being back there again was fun, especially this time with a, with a lot of new gear. It was great that we with the Bluetooth connection was able to actually bring in, you know, some of you guys to to come in and join us, even though you weren't physically there to chat with, you know, uh, Kyle. And, and that's something we'll. I'm looking forward to and i don't want to i don't want to foreshadow too much what we're gonna talk about down the road but that's something i definitely want to do more of the jesse episodes but yeah it it was a great year you know i think i think we in a sense i think we may have slowed down a little bit if you compare 2021 to 2020 but i think the quality went up so uh, you know i I'm, i'm you know i think most people would be okay with that so you know i think um we, we stopped just recording just to record, right? Like, I think, I think at this point, we're at the point now where if we don't have anything to say, we don't have anything to say,
1: <laughs> right? If we don't have a topic that's been vetted or discussed, you know, and you know. I know to
2: discuss. go ahead. I
1: know you're going to mention it, but I think some of those sort of conversations that would have would have been like, hey, let's do a fireside chat episode or whatever, that sort of found so- soil in our live streams, right? That we started this year.
2: That's true. You bring up a good point, even though we did
1: less, you
2: know, and, and in fact, that's, that's man, you, you're a professional. Professional.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, let's talk about we're the close. live stream.
2: So, this was really the brainchild of Matt, and he's the one that got us up and running. And we started our first one on July 18th, and we've done 20 episodes uh, of about an hour each on Sunday nights. And, you know, let us know if Sunday nights works for you guys. I mean, it, it seems to be working for us collectively. We're always looking to hear feedback. And what do you think about them? What can we do better? We're, we're just getting into it, and we're, we're here for the long haul. So, but open it up to you guys. You know, maybe we'll start with Alex. What are your thoughts on the live streams?
4: I think it's great. Uh, for me, it, it it's something that doesn't need editing. So I can take part and be an active part of Countercharge, especially this year when my time was limited, that I could like still be a part of things. And I think the interactive nature is cool. Like it's having people commenting while we're on air is, it's always nice. Like podcasting, like, we have all these ideas. We, like you said, we vet them, we kind of plan them out and we, you know, bring a guest on and make an episode about it but having the live stream be a little bit more freeform a little more interactive we get to talk with the listeners a little bit while it's happening i think that's that's a great element that i think uh adds a lot
3: i mean if i had to i i would put these the live streams as my favorite episodes probably uh, you know if if i wasn't choosing audio because i just love jumping on and properly interacting with you guys you know it's not something that's where we we don't really pre-plan it at all except to say you know we've got this to talk about this week this is what happened so let's just talk about that um and i think rob yeah if you add those 20 in then that's more than 70 episodes i'm i, I still think a lot of people don't know we're doing it too and that's because we don't generally post to Fanatics and things like that, which obviously has a wider group. I mean, I think we've got just over a thousand members, and Fanatics has ten thousand. For me, the view is that if we ever get more time, we can use we can use the YouTube channel for more than just the live streams. I yep, think it's but, important for people
4: to re- know that all the live streams archived on our YouTube channel. So if you yeah, so go back
1: and watch them if you want. Yeah.
4: Yeah, they, and they're not only like you know they're they're not timely in the sense that they're completely useless after like they're not just of the week like they're you know a little more casual version of what we usually talk about so but, so, but sometimes we, we talk about
2: stuff like sports scoring or whatever yeah. and that's timeless in the sense but yeah you're exactly. right we're talking isn't about an event it kind of can get dated perfect use yeah. for live strips go ahead
4: yeah but as uh, like i saying, like it's not all that it's not it there is some some stuff that isn't useless at the end of the week kind of thing and the,
1: the more material that we can get for page to make memes out of the better is what i say <laughs> So yeah, that
4: that is one of the, the one of the unforeseen benefits of the live stream is that every week we get new Jeremy memes.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I, I would love to see them become even more interactive in terms of that we've basically got nothing to talk about, and that that people give us some ammo to talk about. You know, and use it as a live kings of war fanatic you know that you get three or four people depending how many of us are on in the night to talk about something live i'd, I'd that'd I'd be a great idea it maybe do it like all
2: oh, that once a month or something where it's just yeah. like
3: yeah yeah, yeah. A live a episode. Episode. yeah community awesome. roundtable kind of idea you know I, I think that would be even better but so for those of those that might miss some of the you know the the more little tournament based discussion that we used to make Episodes about, you know, the live streams where you're going to get it from. So if you've been to a tournament or want to know about it, you know, jump on that Sunday night or or look after. And uh yeah, you can see it there.
2: And I'll also mention there there there's some people that we've brought on as guests that like to get them on for the podcast. They're just not really that's not better format for them, right? They just want to come on,
1: spend 10 minutes telling us about their event and be done with it rather than a whole production and it's fun to show pictures right or show visuals Mm -hmm. of hey this is the unit i'm working on or here's my base or you know so it's a whole different medium that we can kind of explore and i think we've only really touched the surface right we've started to do it but if it becomes a thing that we really put our counter charge polish on i think it's an area that we can really do some cool stuff in We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
3: This is Matt James from the Kings of War Rules Committee. You're listening to Countercharge.
0: Charge. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War.
3: I'm Patrick Zorro Allen,
0: the Kings of
4: War has-been and newest RC member, and you're listening to Counter Charge.
1: And we are back. So I think next on our year in review list, we're going to take a look at, and I'll, I'll uh, uh, go first because I have nothing to say, which is, kickstarters this year i continue my zero in 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 kickstarters um what about you rob did you kickstart anything this year the only thing i backed was essentially a
2: pre-order and it was the exemplar white palette so i got one for me one for aubrey i'm done with kickstarter you know if it's if it's something that i can't get anywhere else uh, maybe i'll back it but not likely
4: how about you alex i backed two but they're both stl based so they're a bit you know faster turnaround with the one i backed the beast rider wars because they had uh raven and falcon mounts like giant ravens and giant falcons for potentially for knights for a late order of the green lady army for forsaken uh but and so they had some bears and wolves and stags i have these are like digital versions of miniatures that already existed in a lot of cases, because I had the bear riders from this company from for years that really liked. And they just came out with the birds this year as STLs. But the download link expired in like a matter of weeks, and they've been very slow to give me a new link, which is making me a little frustrated. I should have just skipped the Kickstarter entirely and just gone through my mini factory, because this is getting a little bit silly. Um, I'm a little disappointed, actually. But hopefully we'll get that sorted out over the next couple of weeks or days and I can have some uh, some ravens for my wizards and and knights. Uh, and then I backed, or I did a late pledge on Lords of Destruction, which is a 100 years war era war engine Kickstarter. So it was like, I think it was like 10 or 15 different cannons and organ guns and mortars and stuff from like the mid-14th to early 15th century, which is kind of the era of the miniatures I'm using for Cult of the Raven, so I'm pretty excited about that, so I can get some period-specific or accurate uh, organ guns to go with my uh, period-accurate cannons that I already have, or just get more cannons, because more. But other than that, I didn't back anything. Um, I like the STL Kickstarters just because, you know, ostensibly, you get the the product much quicker. You don't have to wait a year and a half for the miniatures. You just wait a couple of weeks and they send you the files or they're supposed to. So that's that's all I use Kickstarter for
3: this year. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I agree. The STL ones are quite good because often, you know, the production turnaround times quite quick. So I backed a couple. I backed um, printable scenery's recent halfling one, mostly to get the halfling terrain stuff I probably won't print any of their miniatures Um, and where's my list gone Uh, what else did I do I did a dice tower STL because some of them um, like they'd just be good bits of terrain not even necessarily used as a dice tower Um, so they were some of those were pretty cool back to the exemplar wet palette which was the super well-priced wet palette and I did the red grass wet palette because I've currently got a red grass gaming one and I I love that. So I got their newer version. And uh, the biggest item was backing the the new printer um, from Elegoo, so the Jupiter, which is their biggest resin printer yet. Is that so, the
4: DLP one or the like, or the what a the new the new technology, the different the
3: non- uh, Honestly, I don't even know. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I think it's just still standard resin printing, but it's about double the size oh, okay. of, just of the their, bigger. their current yeah. biggest one. Yeah, yeah, just bigger. So you can punch more out at once. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I backed. And so, which it was probably a bigger year than usual for me with Kickstarter, but I can't see myself. I'm, I'm the same as you guys now. And, and with turnaround timeframes and things, I come and I go, oh, look, those models look cool. Or that game looks cool. Or, you know, that piece of electronic kit looks cool. Do I want to wait a year and like, or 18 months for it? No. (laughs) I'll just keep my money where it is. All right. The next part of the show is we go through the Mantic Kings of War releases. So I'll run us through the list. And if you guys want to comment on them, you can jump in. I I basically went to the Mantic blog to, to try and get an effective timeline for this so hopefully everything's there it was interesting like for what felt like a really bumper year for kings it was very back-ended and 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 there wasn't as much in there as as what it felt like there was i think because maybe
2: a lot of a lot of build-up for halflings and rear forward orcs right yeah
3: and and i think with the with a lot of countries in lockdown and think i think these kind of last two years have almost felt like one so some of the stuff that i thought was this year was actually last year and yeah. Um, so the, the the first thing on the list was the was the Jesse Warlock. So that was, I think, now anou- It was announced in January. It wasn't actually released for pre order in January, but that was the one that um, Jesse got input into before he passed away. And I think Rob, you got a bunch of those. I think
2: uh, a whole bunch, and I love them. They're, they 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 might be. Well, I'll say it. They're they're a top model, right? Out of any of their sculpts, they're one of the, it's one of the best. The little touches that, you know, the the staff he's got the kind of you know, it's round and it's got like stuff that kind of looks like maybe pizza slices and mm. just little little accoutrements like that that kind of just make you go, oh man, this is so cool. They
3: did it really subtly, you know, that you know. that that he got the design influence, but it, it had this, you know, that for people that knew you you really saw this influence of Pizza Jesus.
4: Yeah. And really people Two siege breakers hordes and a warlock fits it tw- as allies at 2300 points so every army <laughs> should have one every army should have
3: one in January also saw the release of Ra- the ratkin Vanguard um, with some of their new sculpts so I mean I think I mean I don't think they're quite as well loved as the goblin sculpts but I think I know, Alex what, what are you what are you thinking of the ratkin sculpts you're our um, resident underdweller yeah I think they're great I think
4: they kind of you know the we saw some of them get rules in clash of kings i don't play vanguard very much so i'm not i don't pay as much attention to their vanguard releases but i will say i think they do carry on like the trend of all their vanguard minis look great like they all are uh, they're a cut above the kings of war stuff i think i think they're really good for characters and some of the stuff that looks really good
3: mm. Yep, and I, I kind of—I mean, we we spoke about price earlier. I find their Vanguard stuff pretty reasonably priced, you know, with the individual resin models.
2: Yeah, I think the the, the box set the box sets are great. Yeah, some of good. the resins, I mean, I mean, like two luggets for eighteen dollars. Yeah, right. That could get a little bit, but like their box, their starter box is a great value, like thirty five bucks. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you and I like think if you're going for plastic.
4: characters to like mm-hmm. you know, kind of like be centerpieces or focal points on your multi bases, I think it, it goes—they're good for that for sure.
1: Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to make a full unit off of some of those Vanguard individual sculpts, right? Because it would be ridiculously expensive, but like you said, as like a unit hero or something. Some of those would
3: be really great. And so then February saw some solo rules for Amada. Not that, you know, I don't think any of us would have played the solo rules for Amada. March saw some revised Vanguard rules, which again, I haven't checked out at all. Um, I mean, they basically
2: combined a bunch of books into one. So yeah. I okay. Streamlined a bunch of things, and 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 they fixed a lot of stuff that you and I bitched about mm. <laughs> earlier in the year, right? You know, yeah. With which some is, of the good. which yeah,
3: is good. Which is And I think, and I think, you know, our our gripes were were common gripes, right? It's not like mm-hmm. they
2: were. I would say we're not the hardcore demographic for Vanguard, but I think we're the important demographic in the sense that we're the bigger demographic. We're the d- bigger Pete. Like you've got to get the the semi casual skirmish player, yeah. to really make Vanguard profitable, right? Like if you just if you just rely on the hardcore. Skirmish player
4: yeah the people uh, I who know. love vanguard really love it but yeah. i think that's a that's a small dedicated core there's a lot of fringe players that are interested in it but get turned off after a couple games so i think they need to be able to
1: and it's hard player. after playing yeah. dead zone for the first time this year dead zone is so amazing right that it's just like i'm playing it's hard, dead it's hard zone. to make it ex- is it you know the I- accessibility of the two games are and i, and I get like Yeah, and I get what Alex is saying, is that the people who love the crunchiness of Vanguard love it. So you don't want to mess with that, but yet if there was like a vanguard light version of the rules that were more akin to Dead Zone, I would be playing that game up the wazoo.
3: Yeah, totally. I I honestly, at this point, like in terms of time, I, I can't see myself going back to Vanguard unless it becomes like that. I'll be with Kings and Armada, and I'll probably, Vanguard will be in the box. Yeah, it seems like Armada
4: is a bit more of the the level of play that people were expecting or hoping Vanguard would be. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and still, it like kind of like King's right Armada is that it's it's reasonably easy to pick up, but like if you want to be really good at it, there is there is a reasonable amount of tactical, particularly movement based depth.
4: Yeah, I think there's a yeah. lot, a lot, a lot of. Uh... <laughs> I was going to make a, a an ocean pun, but it left me. But yeah, I think there's a, a lot of open seas ahead for Avada for uh, for potential, because I think it, I think it's it's grabbed the community on a wider scale that in a way that Vanguard didn't.
3: Mm. Yep. And so then May saw some League of Infamy, focus on League of Infamy. July was Caesar Flame for Vanguard, which was the expansion that introduced flyers. We saw a little bit of drama around their flyers <laughs> release, particularly the dwarf ones. Yeah. Which, to respect Mantic, you know, they I don't know how far into production they were, but they basically said, all right, you know, that's, it's overtly negative there, so let's can it. You know, you wouldn't see many companies doing that.
4: No, I think that's that's a, a good example of how tied to, to the community that Mantic is. Because, yeah, that was that was a big
3: kerfuffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the flying phalluses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then August saw our big release for the year, which was the Halflings, um, which... Obviously, we haven't got many reforged orcs yet, and I don't think people have had time to see how good reforged orc. Mm. We just got
2: the starter boxes
3: in this week, yeah. They're pretty yeah. sweet models. <laughs> but uh, to me, it looks like—I mean, if you go by what's been posted on social media, they have sold a fair bit of halflings. It looks like, which I think is great.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think like one out of like four people that play Kings of War I've talked to are like, yeah, I picked up like a, a mega army and a bunch of stuff just because mm. they like they're cool looking and they're different. I think they've done a good job of making halflings something a little bit unique. So,
3: yeah, and this delving into a realm that's relatively their own IP is, is I think, good from a, you know, a selling models point of view as well as directing to their game. Right? There, there wasn't really. You'd saw some companies dabbling in halflings like Westphalia and and things, but no one had gone the hard plastic route. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then we had a salamander war bandit so when was the salamander main army i felt like that that was this year but it must have been last
2: no it was this year i just don't remember exactly when yeah it was, yeah, it was it around
3: the around the same time yeah
4: yeah was, i'm so I'm, i must have july and august i think it showed up because that's all yeah mega yeah, yeah, army I think showed have, up
2: and the...
3: around the same time as halflings they had the mega army and and normal army mm, yep yeah. i mean i i love some of their salamander stuff you mm. know the um the Rhinosaur Cavalry.
2: Oh, oh, I've got four yeah. boxes, baby. I'm ready to roll. I,
3: <laughs> I think the Lekolodon is one of my... Well, we'll get to it later. Very I,
2: great. very. I model. like it a
3: lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, two big releases there. September was another Help Rift campaign. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a success that was for Mantic or otherwise. I didn't really participate. I don't know. Did any of you guys participate?
4: We didn't really have much in, in real life gaming around mm. here at that point. So we didn't... I don't think many people did much it
2: was dotted around the u.s there were were people that were playing i know the folks in michigan up at evolution games um they had a little tournament where they used the the you know the campaign book with some you know and the campaign book you know it is essentially a narrative play right it's Mm -hmm. wonky stuff which is really cool and obviously they were play testing some of the stuff that was to come in clash of kings but you know there's still value there if you haven't picked it up pick it up Mm. i mean there's there's some interesting things in that concepts in that playing on the different planes of existence is pretty cool
3: yeah yeah i I liked some of the rules in it um like i looked at it but uh we were the same to alex you know we were locked down a bit longer here so just there wasn't much in-person gaming happening uh october we moved on to the elf fleet for armada which i have to say is probably my least liked fleet
2: they just showed up in in our shop like it's been Maybe yeah. the delay in shipping is starting to bust free, but we, we, they finally showed the up. Twilight
4: around. Kin came out
3: at some point, too, right? Yeah, right. so I think, those of the blog, I think it missed some things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've definitely missed I some think things they came here. out about the same time. Yeah, um, I like the Twilight Kin, don't like mm-hmm. the Elf so much. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's just uh, I, the Elf with some of these releases. I mean, they I know they've got to stick to what they've already done to an extent, but you know, it just. There's nothing their own about it for me. Yeah, the, the,
2: the good. The good news with the blog is that now they've hired a full time guy, Johnny Mann, dedicated person to handling that kind of stuff. So that'll be really fun. Yeah.
4: I, I hear you're saying about the elf fleet. Like it's very like kind of I don't know, '90s, late '80s, Tolkien esque elfy vibes. Mm. you know it's just just
2: but yeah, i think they that was intentional right
4: oh yeah no i'm not saying it's a mistake yeah. i think it's like they're consistent yeah. like that's the yeah. way their elves look and it works for like within the aesthetic they've established it's just they're not they're not pushing their elves any farther like we saw that with the dracon writers like they're they're the same aesthetic as the you know the, the existing elves
3: which says to me we're not getting new elves anytime you know
2: today. what i wonder you guys i'm gonna throw this out there are they just gonna eliminate the regular elves at some point because they're gonna have eventually like Twilight kin models. Maybe they'll have Sylvankin. kin, and then they don't want to go back and upgrade the
1: the old elves. Uh, just, I, I think they're always gonna have a sort of high classic okay. um, All right. elf. I think that that's such a core. That would trope, ruffle. You, know? I, you you
4: know how upset people got when like <laughs> like herd got changed, and that's herd players. Like and they don't count, right? So just kidding. Yeah, we also, love you,
3: Keith. I um. I agree. I'd be surprised if it disappeared. I think they're getting played least because they're the least flavorful at the moment out of all of them. But if you go back like historical tabletop gaming, High Elves were always the highest performing army for, for GW, like the most popular, which is why I was surprised it took them so long to redo it with AOS that maybe they thought people wouldn't buy into their new aesthetic, which I certainly don't you know, you don't like will, elves will, on kangaroos what's wrong with no, you no uh-huh. no and i don't like you know i don't like giant
1: um, minotaur
4: helmet beastmen, elves yeah yeah <laughs> elves. you know he's got a mountain um, on his head how can he be yeah.
3: wrong yeah so if it, if it came to like 90s elves of what mantic selling us versus that i'd take that every, like i'd take the 90s elves every day i would week.
4: just love like you know league of infamy has some elf minis and just like just a bit thicker a little bit you know more dynamic i don't know they like i think they they have the skills to do it correctly maybe they're gonna do a primaris thing right (laughs) 40 mil large infantry elves only (laughs) Uh,
3: and then so november brought us the Riftforged forged orcs which they i think will be the army of 2022 Mm -hmm. um and at the same time we got a a really big cock so the biggest yeah the biggest, the biggest, one the biggest we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. and I have to say, like, it's, man, it is crazy. When when I'm going through it, honestly, this is it is it is so big it could almost do us for two years, you know. Because I actually don't think we'll see a proper meta shift. Well, we'll see an, a, a changing meta shift because there is just so much in there that I reckon would almost last two years. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's almost like an addition refresh as opposed to yes, just yeah. like a, a few units. You know, it yeah. really is tons in there clash of kings 2019
4: previously was like the biggest change and i think this is bigger yeah and it's gonna take like you said it's gonna take a while to unpack all the layers and i think the first six months are gonna be the obvious things and i think there's a lot of stuff that we just haven't seen like we like it's gonna take time to peel it all back
3: and I think we've probably got to remember, like, I guess next year, it'll it'll go back to a, a Nerf cock, I assume. So, um, you know, there'll be a couple of things on the chopping board, probably like Frostfang Ords. Um But, yeah, I mean, like you say, probably the first six months, the really obvious things will come out. So, they'll, they'll be the things on the Nerf block and then some stuff will get mixed. So, we'll go back to kind of, you know, um, media as usual. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it, there's just so much in there, so much. What and a think, mammoth job! Well, with the two new armies too. Like
4: I, I've talked to a few people who are starting halflings, and there's there's still so much to figure out, mm. like how how they're gonna fit within the meta, how they're gonna work as an army, how how they fit. You know against the common bills and all the new stuff that's coming out and then riftforge orcs are i you was know, like oh they're just like green beringer and they're like are they and you're like yeah
2: you know, i think you, you I think- look back at halflings like there's a whole spell war thing yeah we don't know how that's going to play out right like it's nope. just like it, it, it turns everything on that we knew on its head
3: yeah and i think with the two new armies it's not like it's their two armies that people just had a whole heap of stuff sitting on their shelf yeah. They can like yes, you could proxy normal orcs as that, but they weren't an overly popular army before. So we've got to see the time for people to buy it, put it together, paint it, get it on the table. So we might not be looking until like mid year till we yeah. see the real power. Well, and
2: those. we just got the US just got
3: those. Um mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh and that, that that pretty much gives us semantic for twenty twenty one. I'm sure some stuff's been missed there, but like I said, oh, well, I think we'll do the that. Dracon
4: Riders came out at some point this year, right? Didn't they?
3: True. Who that cares way. about
1: those? <laughs> yeah,
4: there's. Yeah. The- well, there's the lot L- of stuff that
1: came out
2: that was based on a League of Infamy, right? And then obviously yeah. the additional Dracon yeah. Riders came out as well. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing yeah, with so the I Air Elementals. The the right, there's yeah. been a bunch of stuff coming out this year. I mean, let's be All honest, right. Matt's no Mark Zelensky.
3: No. <laughs> no, he really is. No, no, no. We, no, we no. miss you, Mark. If you, if, if you cut Bobby me, Mark. the word Mantic doesn't drip out of me. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, what are your favorites? Uh, let's take our top three. Jeremy, what are your favorite uh, Mantic
1: releases for 2021? Sure, sure. So my number one is the Clash of Kings 2022. Flat out, I think it was amazing. You know, we've all talked about it. It was super fun to work on. Super, I think, all the games that I played with it, through testing and throughout it's just been so much fun and then my number two and three are pretty much close to each other are the half halflings and rift forge orcs i think they're both really interesting factions with cool models it's uh a little bit of kind of standard what you would think but then a a lot of mantic flavor um halflings i'm thinking of you know would be fun uh felix and i have been talking about like an all mounted halfling army of like their forward cab operating army would be super fun. And Riftforge orcs just look so cool. So it was pretty easy to pick those three out as my favorites. What about you, Alex? I think,
4: you know, along with you, like the, the whole, you know, halfling Riftforge orc release the, the two new armies as a whole are just awesome. I like, I think seeing Mantic kind of over the last couple of years, develop their own aesthetic a little bit more has been good to see and I think they're really like doing some neat stuff with both of these armies. Uh I, you know, they're not halflings, but I think the new trolls, the forest trolls and troll gunners are really cool minis. Like the aeronauts you know, they're you know, everyone's like, oh my God, they're broken. But they're pretty cool minis too. And I think this the overall aesthetic of the halfling army is really nice. You got like the the Mandalorian Ugnot ripoff guy, engineer with the gun. You know, he's pretty cool and I think there's a lot of a lot of character in the army in, in the army overall, which is awesome. And then Riftforge Orcs, you know, it's it's a different take. Like it looks cool. Like there's a lot of neat stuff. Like there's like the Stormcaller and Storm Slayer guy and Thunderseers. Like there's a lot of new stuff. And it just looks neat, which I think is cool. Um, like we were saying earlier, the League of Infamy stuff, I think. They're stand like the you know, Vanguard and League of Infamy minis. The one, when they have time to focus on individual characters and stuff, they they really take them to the next level, and I really like to see that. And then I think the Leclodon, I don't know, there's something about that mini like it, it's pose and it's really dynamic. And every Salamander army has them, so I'm glad that they're gonna look good. So I think those are to- probably my top three. How about you, Rup?
2: Number one is rhinosaurs. They are just extraordinary. I know they're, you know, they look like giant rocks. I mean, they're just big and bulky and they look imposing. The second one, I'm going to go outside of Kings of War. Uh, I picked up the Dead Zone GCPS uh, Urban Pacification. It's like these guys with like riot suits and big shields and these little drones. Man, that might be some of the best looking sci-fi models around. The robots are badass. I magnetize them. So they all have the different weapons and stuff. And just totally awesome.
4: Uh, I saw and then, those pop up in my feed the other day and yeah, oh. they are red. I, yeah, they're awesome. I just got to decide what color to the paint them.
2: I've been watching a lot of <laughs> aliens and predator movies. I'm like, maybe they should be like Space colonial Marines. Colonial Marines. Yeah. 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 But I'm like, ah, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. And then my last one is the Rift Forge Orcs. I finally saw them in person last Wednesday. <laughs> they are as good as advertised. And I think I told you I may have pre-ordered some stuff. Luckily, the first shipment didn't arrive. like It was limited. So I was able to say, okay, look, I'll get on the next shipment. So I I have delayed my acquisition but because I already have too much crap as it is, but it's coming. I am definitely going to be on that train at some point. Too
4: much opportunity.
1: Yes. Piles of it really, right? Yes. Well, it's a garage
0: full of opportunity.
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, It's a garage full of, of opportunity. Yeah. So that's me, Matt. How about you? So for me, I had the Halflings as number one. You know, I think that's a that's a great move in terms of a, you know, an area for Mantic that's not done. And I, I I love the Sculpts. Two was Clash of Kings. Uh, I just think it's such a big shakeup. Yeah, I think a, a lot of good stuff there that just brings a lot more flavour to the game that we really haven't seen as much of across any edition so far. Three for me was the the Rhinosaur Cav. Yeah, I just, there's something about those models that I just, I just love. What if we move on to favourite Kings of War thing at all from 2021? Uh, so more more community based. Jeremy, do you want to kick us off with that?
1: yeah looking back at 2021 a few things jumped jumped out at me as sort of my favorite things uh my third is a uh, uh, my love hate relationship with ub you know i have no one else to play with so i gotta play ub it's one of those things i wish i didn't have to but i'm really happy it's there so shout out to tom Annis, rashad ryan keith uh, a bunch of people uh that i've had a chance to play ub with this year and who I play with UB on a regular basis. You know, I got married this year and it was really great to take, uh, Hillary to some tournaments. She came with me to lone wolf and living legends in Texas and was hanging around, uh, for riddle of steel prior to the pandemic. But, uh, you know, she's got to know some of the people in the hobby and just kind of hanging out and stuff. So that's been a real blast of uh, taking her. I know she was able to go on, on air with us a little bit at Mas- uh, 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 Lone Wolf. Or was that Masters? No, it was Lone Wolf. Okay. So many tournaments, I'm forgetting. You can edit that out. Okay. And then number one, uh, probably, uh, you know, US, it's hard for U.S. Masters not to be the big number one on my yearly thing, especially in a year where so much else got canceled. You know, a, a big shout out to the Texas guys stepping in to run a Masters so that we could have one. You know, it was great to see everyone. Uh, it was great to see the Reno guys make a splash at Masters. You know, our scene in the West has really, over the pandemic, grown and grown, thanks to both the Reno guys and the SoCal guys, uh, Surge and Destroy guys. So it was really great to see uh, some people from Reno make the masters team. And just in general, I think this is going to be our first year where there will be more people willing and able and wanting to go to masters than the eight people who qualify. And we've never had that. So yeah. What about you, Alex? Well, to go down the list, uh three to one, I think my
4: three is uh roughly similar to yours. Like I think, My favorite thing is like the online community, which includes like, you know, UB, our weekly live stream, the, you know, Facebook groups, all the group chats and all that stuff. I think it's just this year, you know, it's it's been a long couple of years for a lot of people. And I think just keeping together and staying connected and keeping the hobby, you know, vibes going in different ways has been really helpful. I think just being able to, you know, play the odd Uga- UB game, playing in the UB tournaments at the beginning of the year, you know, just staying connected, even though, you know, it's been difficult to get together. I think that's been a really, really helpful and I've been really enjoyable for me. I think it's it's been it's kept me kept me going this year. I think in a ways that I didn't realize like how important it was until this year, and then uh, you know, it kind of ties into my number two just. <laughs> You know, I'm just really appreciative of the hobby in general. Like, you know, I joke the Cult of the Raven's never going to be finished. But, you know, just having something that I can always go back to, you know, when I have some spare time. You know, just to kind of like zone out or, you know, de-stress and like, you know, put some minis together. Do a couple coats of paint. You know, I think Billy and I kind of talked about this in the Thane's a the Theme episode where, you know, it, life just seems a little bit better when you get a chance to paint for half an hour or an hour a day or you know put some minis together and just having that outlet i think you know i'm just really appreciative of that this year and just i think it's been a really good way you know to manage stress and stuff and then top of the list for sure is uh running king beyond the wall too um it got canceled last year which really sucked and we finally you know Got up and running again this October. We had 16, 17 guys from all of you know, one guy from, you know, we had Chris uh, Murphy come up from the States, but the rest of the guys were all Canadians. So we had more Canadians this year than we did the first time. You know, it was really great. Every, everyone was super keen to come and play and, you know, went out, went very smoothly. And it was an awesome weekend. And we had some new players, some old players. And it was just, it just reinvigorated like why why we play is awesome. Yeah, I think can't wait for March March of Death in March. And then we're going to have some more, more tournaments throughout the year up here. Just to, because I think there's the appetite now. And I think GTs were kind of always this goal, this lofty goal. And now I think we're at the point where the community can support multiple GTs in Ontario every year. So that's pretty exciting. How about you, Matt?
3: Yeah, look, I I had my number one as as the community in general, particularly in that time of January. You know, we um we saw them really pull together to to celebrate. You know, a member of the community that we lost. You know, raise some raise some great money, um, and then you know various tributes through through armies and and things like that. And so I think that just showed the 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 quality of the community. Um, you know, when when you lose someone that's big in the community. Um, number two, um, I had is Clash of Kings Australia 2021. So in in the you know we were between waves in Australia at that time. Um, so we still managed to draw a decent group together, and we had a really good time at a new venue, which we'll be revisiting this year. And you know, it's our it, it really is our one big sizeable tournament in Australia. So it's a it's a great time where we where we all come together. And then number three for me has just been the live streams. I enjoy getting on every week and being able to interact with you guys and and the community at large, except for Gildy. Um, you know, I get too much interaction with him anyway. So, um, you know, and the funny thing is, he often happens to walk just outside my office door. You know, as, as we're doing the live streams, either he or Tony, usually one of them is here. So, um, you know, so uh, yeah, that's that's that. They were my favourite cow related things what about yourself rob
2: my number three is just the the bounce back of the scene the tournament scene in 2021 the 2020 at the tail end we saw a few events maybe but 2021 you know really in certain parts of the u.s it, it's back right like we're we're back Tw- my number two is the 2021 masters um that is just another sign that things are going back to where they used to be you know the fact that we had an, another great event well-run 64 great players. It makes me more excited for, for this year's, you know, or next year's events. And then the number one is a little weird is, is that I really is the first Kings of Memphis that we ran because, you know, ran the blue seeded brawl for three years. It has limited interest, if you will, because it's a doubles event. It's a hobby focused event. So it's got a lot of fans. There's more people that just want to play like straight Kings of war, get it out on the table. And I think Kings of Memphis is going to do that. And I think, you know, we had 20 some players last year. I think we'll be closer to 30 this year. And I'm excited about some of the ideas that where Mike and I had this going, you know, getting to get it to where it's, a you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 player event at some point down the road, because it's going to be there. Eventually there is an audience, you know, a consumer that wants kind of, Hey, let's just play Kings of War. Right. No, no crazy stuff, you know, but I will throw this out there. Dylan Scribner gave me one the best ideas I've ever had. You know, he thought, you know, you know, you go to the events and they have all these crazy like monsters and stuff. I think for this year, his idea was, what if you give everybody a bard? They have no offensive ability, and all they have is, you know, an aura of some sort. So I, I, I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about, well, man, what if I had like, you had a deck of five auras, and you could play what you have your model in each game, you can pick an aura, but you can only play it once in the tournament. So, anyways, I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go with that, but
1: yeah, that would be cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. he gets to play a song at the beginning of every game, and that game. fits
1: the whole like you yeah. know country Seems music scene, and right. other, yeah. it, it fits into that.
2: Yeah, for those who don't know, Memphis is obviously one of the homes of rock and roll, right? Elvis Presley, yeah. Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. It doesn't get any cooler than Memphis. I mean, really, really. Uh, which is why. Somebody like Alex not visiting me is just
4: like it's such a travesty hey, when they when the border opens. <laughs> well, I, I was
1: just gonna say that the Kings of Memphis <laughs> is on my list of ne- events next year, but yeah. Rob just skipped right over me. He only cares if Alex comes. Well,
3: well.
2: Alex got the look, though. Alex <laughs> looks like he belongs at Stunt
3: Studios. Uh-huh. We have been sliding first... down the ladder of favoritism, Jeremy. I, I well,
4: it's, although it. I will, I was like, no one, no one in in the listening sphere or non does not they do not want to hear me sing so <laughs> <laughs> i may look it but i do not sound it <laughs> yeah so i'm just excited about
2: where that's gonna go you know in, in year two year one was great we had a good turnout it was a lot of fun of you know fun of it but we're gonna maybe dial it up a little bit more and just more more about just kings of war so uh let's jump in and let's this is the scary part Right, this is where we look back at our commitments for 2021 and, and 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 how we did. And and I'll be look, I'll I'll take the bullet, I'll go first. And you guys can tell me what an 80 diamond that I'm that I'm crazy. But I legitimately think I made some actual progress. 2021, I promised more progress on the halfman. The first part of that was to get the wing beast painted, which is an Atlantis miniatures griffin with a uh Westphalia halfling on it. Totally got that done. It looks great. The second one. Sort of giant. I was going to paint the Atlantis miniatures yeti, got them all built, based, not painted yet. So that's hopefully coming soon. Uh, second horde of pike base is done. The fourth one, the flying assassin. Okay, I had original visions of wings. Okay, that didn't happen. He's got a cape, he does fly, so that, that is complete. So that was my number one was more halfman. I, I don't know, I, I'd say 50 percent. I don't know what it's pretty saying? good, and I think it's pretty good. Close, yeah, yeah. it's progress. So, Yes. it's progress yeah number two paint more ogres look i painted four hordes of siege breakers i painted two boomer sergeants i don't know i've painted a lot of ogres in the last couple months so i i'm gonna you know three warlocks i'm gonna count that as done the last okay. one it's i'm gonna it's a bait and switch i i don't know what i was thinking but i said paint an eod fleet for armada i don't know if that was a typo but i painted the kingdom of the men fleet <laughs> with 20 ships so i don't know like I don't know if I was thinking. I just wanted to do EOD. I'm not sure. But obviously, with the Kingdoms of Men army I have, I had to paint a Kingdoms of Men fleet, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's that's no-brainer. It rainer, just makes so. sense. It just it makes just sense. sense. So that's me, guys.
1: All right. Yay or nay? Let's get a thumbs up. I think it's good. I think you, you get a thumbs up yeah. from me. That's yeah. pretty solid. You get a thumbs up from me, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. All right.
2: Well, let's, let's, let's throw it over to Jeremy. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh uh, okay i'll just give you
3: the, i'll give you the thumbs down now mate yeah just okay. give it to me straight, straight. <laughs> like it's
1: like at the end of gladiator when it's like do, do you kill me or let me live and then, so I next cannot. year we need to bring a community feedback on this and let them i can't
4: hide. throw any stones so i'm not gonna say anything
1: so my number one was finish the last few baselines i have to do which technically is yes because i don't have to do anything i am my own person and if i choose not to finish painting the horde of spear ladies then I've done everything that I've chosen that I have to do. So that's going to be a technically yes uh, uh, success. Uh, number two was, oh my God, start work on my 90% at Mantic Army and work more on demoing if safe. So that's a fail. Um, the the de- demoing is not as bad, right? Not doing that because, you know, we were up and down with COVID, but I'm still floating around what Mantic Army I want to do. And then I who. What was I smoking on number three? Which was get a usable fleet for every Armada
4: army. <laughs> I don't know,
2: man. That's a, <laughs> and, and I'm that shaking my head
3: stuff. at you for that. I, one.
2: Like it's, I didn't even say something that stupid.
3: Now I so, remember recording that last year actually, and I'd gone quite simple. And then I was thinking what What is Jeremy on? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fail, fail, and a maybe, but
1: I'm on progress for my next year's thing so i don't know busy year i got married like i said crazy work i got a promotion at work you know just and uh, you know shows take time to edit jeremy let like tell my no, employees no, 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 no. no we don't, don't do excuses we do results yeah well there's no there's no failure just feedback um so i would say that when you edit more than one <laughs> episode a year that does take a lot of time um so that's all i have to say about <laughs> that <laughs> shots fired so Alex, well, why, don't, why don't you go next? I'm just going
4: to start by saying <laughs> I edited three episodes oh, this excuse year. Me. How dare you? Stop the presses. How dare you? Drop the presses. <laughs> How? Yeah, I didn't get close <laughs> this year. Yeah, not to be a, a wet blanket, but yeah, we had some health issues with the family this year. So the first half, first seven, eight months of the year was, I didn't have a lot. I Hobby was a back burner kind of thing for me so i didn't really get a lot of momentum going again on the league of rordia cult of the raven until like september october saying that i did get three hordes of infantry painted and i have my two troops of mounted scouts painted not based and then i have my honor guard mounts assembled and assembly started on my Pegasi for my wizard. So things are going forward. I have like some cannons primed. There's a lot of things in motion right now. A lot of pieces floating around. But yeah, I did not get my 2,500 points of Rordia painted. And I did not start Berenger or Undead. So that was all in one. I don't know what a... Yeah, that was a weird one. So I was supposed to finish 2,500 points of Rordia and start a Varengur slash Undead Army. I didn't do any of that. Build some terrain for Kings of War and Infinity. I did build some hills for King Beyond the Wall. So that was a yes for Kings of War. I did not build any Infinity terrain. I did paint a few Infinity miniatures back at the very beginning of January, though. And I wanted to continue to up my painting slash basin game. And I think I did work hard you know, on painting stuff the beginning of the year, or I guess over Christmas last year, and then continued that with my third horde of infantry. But I think it's more of the same. So I haven't really pushed myself yet. And I think the next couple of months, I have some pretty big, like my Baron or Duke on winged Ereles and some pretty big monsters to paint. So I think that's going to be where I really push myself. So that's a, a not really for number three. And uh, yeah edited one more episode of countercharge this year than last year as a bonus one.
3: So there. (laughs) How about you, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) I say, well done, Alex. Well done you. (laughs) And look, if we, if we were to graph your contributions,
4: they'd be going up actually no year. i only did one in in 2020 i did three yeah. that's triple yeah yeah, triple, yeah, so. yeah yeah there you well, go. well to
2: be fair though it was a, it was a ratkin review right so it was like four hours long so that's probably the same amount of time <laughs> yes it was it's four episodes yeah
1: so did you ever release <laughs> i mean this shows is the uh the interview we did with uh that guy is that still being edited The thing
4: that that was was that was was the one I got I released last year. Okay, Uh, good. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, (laughs) and
3: yeah, so (laughs) so for me, my thing was get two thousand points of the Dragon Empire on the board. Uh, I have two thousand. Well, by the end of the year, I'll definitely have two thousand points painted, but they won't have seen the board yet. So not a not a not a full not a full success there. Um, get the Armada Basalians um, painted up, they're done. So i just got to stick them on the acrylic bases when they arrive. But I did not get a Vanguard Warband going, um, and I don't think I will.
2: Uh, two <laughs> or three are bad, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, I set myself modest targets. So unlike you, lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Yeah. Yeah, that was me. So, you know, I think did did pretty well there. And so why don't we move on to our 2022 hobby commitments? And when we post the show, I'd probably encourage people to, you know, get on the page and commit as well. Commit commit on the Facebook page.
2: Absolutely. In the show thread for this episode, please drop in your 2022 hobby commitments.
3: You know, Um, love to hear it. Should... Let Should we start with the biggest losers from last year, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Jeremy's the yeah. loser, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm used to it. Um,
1: I'll, I'll go first. So uh, my number one goal will be to have my Twilight can ready for Masters. I've been putting a lot of playtest games with this list. I really want to try one Masters that I go into where I played the list, you know, 20, 30 times, you know, have some real familiarity with it. My I just
2: wonder next year if we're sitting here going, man, you got your army done, but you didn't make the Masters team.
1: Yeah, well, we're, <laughs> our region is growing, but not that much yet. <laughs> I'd I'm still, I'm still probably, pre- okay, enough to get to get in there. Um, but that would be funny. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I mean, uh, it would be fun just to record with you. It's going to be
4: a best of the rest, right? So yeah, this Masters is for everyone. Is
1: so- yeah, Masters is so amazing. Even if you don't qualify, there's plenty of stuff for you to go do
3: we, there. We've already heard from him, Rob. He he took something and trounced everyone, so he's just taking it easy the rest of the year. He thinks he's qualified already.
1: Sitting on his laurels, as they say, you know, to, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So, <laughs> um, okay, so get the Twilakin done. I want to at least pick this year what my Mantic army is going to be. So, what I love to have the also start start it this year maybe but i at least want to pick um and then finally has been uh i've just been painting a bunch and i just want to continue that love of painting continue i want to keep that try to do that at least a half an hour to an hour every other day as much as possible continue that painting and i've been having a great time talking with everyone on after dark uh so consistency i guess is my number three is I want to try, if I can, to not always just be painting so much before events, but can I get to just not have those stints where you go two weeks without picking up a paintbrush? I want to try to be more consistent this next year. Alex? In 2022,
4: I'm going to finish the Cult of the Raven in some form. (laughs) We'll see. Like, Like Matt, I don't like having an army that only has 2,000 or 2,300 points. So... I have about 2,300 points, or sorry, about 3,000 points of stuff on my table or shelf that's like in progress or going to be done. They are going to be the, my League of Ordia is going to be my army for the year. I played them on UB for a while, but now that, you know, real life gaming is a thing, I really want to just play this army for a year, get really good at it. Like, I think I had 20, 25 games with it on UB, so I really just want to dig into it. I feel like I, there's a lot to be gained from practicing. Like with rats, probably played hundreds of games with them. So this is uh, this is the next long-haul army, I think, for me. So I want to get that ready in some form for March of Death in March and then kind of keep fiddling around with it, adding a few things. And then I'm going to paint some orcs because I picked up, for my magic army, I picked up a, a mega army and an army box of orcs. So, I have a rough color scheme in mind that I've been running by my aesthetics committee of uh, Billy Smith and Brenton Williams. So, we're uh, I'm hoping to get that started, at least you know, just some test minis or something at some point this year, and then dig into my totes of Martian monsters and large infantry and creatures, and start getting those painted up, and just. Whatever kind of floats my boat is interesting to me that could kind of be used in an army that I'm working on. So I think with the League of Rordia, Cult of the Raven, it's 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 a human army, so I can kind of pivot it different directions depending on what kind of monsters or things I can add to it. So I'm just going to try and get a couple hordes of stuff painted by the end of the year to kind of make some interesting options available to me for the cult of the raven how about you matt what are your uh, commitments your low level you know easy to yeah. achieve
3: <laughs> commitments? well you know yeah i'm going to go with exactly the same easy to achieve so i want to add another thousand points to the base aliens At, now the reason for the modesty there is that they will pro- probably primarily have to be infantry models so that's going to be quite a few models then print an empire of dust list using the, the lost kingdom miniatures uh, so that'll take a while i noticed i didn't commit to painting them yet <laughs> and have three 10 mil armies ready to go so got one just got to do the basing for it um so I have another two up and ready to go and painted that's my commitments
2: how are you basing your your 10 mil armies
3: in terms of size or
2: Yeah, the size of the bases.
3: Yeah, so we're just using, like, so we're just using Warmaster bases. Perfect, Um, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: So one's a regiment, two's a horde. And two's a horde, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Which
3: means you don't get the differences in sizes for cav and stuff like that, but we'll just roll with that for the sake of, and then if we decided we wanted to pay whatever the new version of Warmaster is, we still can as well. What about yourself, mate?
2: 2022 hobby commitments. So number one, paint 3,000 points of goblins. Shouldn't be too hard. They're already all put together. How many luggits can one man build? I've built them all. Then I want to paint 3,000 points of Night Stalkers. Again, they're already all built. <laughs> so I just got to paint them. This is an optional thing. I, I would like to use an airbrush. I've never really painted a whole army with an airbrush. So it'd be nice to use an airbrush, but that would mean I'd have to purchase one first and learn how to use it. Night Stalkers will probably be the army to do that with. And then I want to finish the remains of the Ogres for Vanguard. So I've got, I don't know, five or six characters left to paint. So, in Croc Dogs. So I, I will do that. I, I really legitimately think this will be, I should be able to get this stuff done. The hard part's over the cleaning of the models and all that stuff. I mean, painting is easy, right? You just sit down and brush, brush, brush.
4: He says that now, folks.
2: My child labor lives with me. So, you know. Um, <laughs> so we'll I hear see she's we'll getting
4: see. harder to wrangle, though.
2: She is very, yeah. Yeah. She's 12. So, and I'm not cool. So you know. <laughs> we're going through that phase now where I pick her up at school. Like we get getting these arguments, like she's not paying attention. I'm sitting in the car. And I told her, for those that are of a certain age, won't get this reference. I said, look, you do that again. I'm going to Uncle Buck you. So for those that have <laughs> yes. seen the movie, show open the robe and Yeah. Uh huh. Open the trunk. Exactly. Exactly. With that, let's get on to what are we most looking for in twenty twenty two. Let's mix up the order. Let's go with Matt this time.
3: You
4: caught him unawares.
3: Yeah, you caught me unawares. I thought I was just sitting there on mute, looking at other things. <laughs> uh, so what am I looking forward to? Number one, only four weeks away, Clash of Kings Australia, big event. You know, when we're in a place where we can, you know, keep the party going. So looking forward to seeing everyone get together from across Australia again. Number two, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing a bit more Armada. So, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed my first couple of games of that. So I, I want to get a bit more in and which includes probably you know buying some of the bigger ships i haven't got the big ships yet so um you know that's that's where i want to go and three is getting back to some more tournaments so you know with all the covid stuff i think might have only had two last year so uh, maybe even only one i can't remember so i want to get back and get to some more tournaments we've we've got some few little pockets in in the not too far away growing so that's what i'm looking forward to what about you, Alex?
4: Yeah, What I'm looking forward to is having multiple tournaments here in Hamilton and, and Ontario in, in general. Uh, we're going to have March of Death, uh, first weekend of March. Our local store, the Bla- uh, Black Knight Games, they they did something awesome this year. So we're coming out of the pandemic, and they bought the store next to them and devoted it entirely to gaming space. So there's probably room for like 30 or 40 gamers for a GT, and we're gonna try and uh, take advantage of that in March. So I think it's gonna be awesome. Uh, King Beyond the Wall has been run at the local Legion the past two times, which is a great venue. It's licensed, it's you know, it's affordable, it's easy to park and everything. But it's not the store. It doesn't get any, you know, no eyes from other gamers so this is going to be a good way to showcase the community and you know to the rest of the gaming community here in Hamilton so that's going to be awesome then the guys up in north bay in northern ontario they're going to they're looking to run a, an event too so i think just in general the tournament scene here in ontario is going to grow and i'm really looking forward to that and then hopefully at some point border or cross border travel opens up a little bit more and I can get down to, you know, some of the Northeast tournaments, maybe, you know, one in Memphis at some point in the near future. And really, you know, it's been a while since we've seen those guys. And uh, it'd be great to get to some of those other events. And then actually probably most looking forward to having a new fully painted army that isn't rats. I, You know, rats were my first ever painted army and i've been riding them for four years now i think so i think it's time and i'm really looking forward to just having something something new something different visually in front of me on the table and uh, i played a couple of games this fall with them and it's just like yep yeah, i'm done for now i'll probably come back to them at some point but i think i'm really looking forward to having the cult of the raven on the table and laying waste to everything ahead of it how about you, Jeremy? What are you looking forward to this year?
1: Yeah, so a bunch of a bunch of stuff. Like you, I'm excited to hopefully have... Not hopefully. I'm excited when I will have my new army to play at Masters next year, and it will be a Masters that I will be able to drive to, which will be amazing uh, for the first time ever to not have to fly to a Masters. So maybe even I'll try to get on the Display Board Winker uh, train. So I'm excited for that. Um really excited for riddle, riddle of steel this year it's going to be held at uh, scott holcomb's house but he's done a big game room remodel so i think we're looking at 24 or 26 players uh at like a boutique barbecue hot tub event uh, it's just gonna be a total blast um and i think number one and i know this is something rob and i have talked about i really want to try next year to go to some new tournaments that's one thing i feel like I want to add into my tournament schedule is still go to maybe a couple of like the major ones, but sprinkle in some flavor as far as going to new events. So King of Memphis, I definitely want to get to Southeast is probably one. it's one of the regions that I've never been to tournament wise. Uh, So I really want to expand that. And then my uh, eventual goal over the next five years is I want to play in a tournament in United States, Canada, the UK, and Australia not in the same year, but over the next five years, I want to get to, to like Alex tournament. I want to get to Crozier's tournament, go to an event in the UK. It would be nice to take Kings of war international and uh, try to play in some other countries would be really cool. So that's sort of my tournament goals for next year is um, going to some new, new events that I've never been in cities that I'm really interested to try the food or, or go to music, or museums, or whatever. So that's sort of on my to-do list. What about you, Rob? Well, for me, uh, number three is I'm looking very, very
2: forward to having the Masters in Seattle next year. I think it's really cool. Long time coming. It's going to be great to to have. Um, I mean, it shows shows the growth of our community, right? That we're we're at a point where the one region that struggles or had struggled in the past for people to attend masters right and we need mercs is at a point now where they're 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 standing on their own feet and they can and actually host it so that's great uh second second king of memphis i think i mentioned it before i'm just excited about seeing where that goes uh, and then the last one is weird it, it well it's 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 selfish but our local seam uh our local seam is on the verge of exploding and what i mean by that is all the people you know from memphis i'm not talking about them i'm talking about all the people you don't know from memphis that play kings of war you know, I mean, just at this last tournament, there was four or five guys that just getting into it, and it's just like we're we're on the cross cusp of something. Like, you know, we we could honestly we're I mean we're probably upward of thirty players now that play at least casually, occasionally, Kings of War. So you know, it's uh, it's exciting because if I can just wrangle everybody, and get them going in the same direction. it it could it could it could really be some interesting growth for you know for the area um you know so we'll we'll see but i'm excited you know we're gonna we're gonna really do a lot more with locally with a lot of one dayers next year i mean at least six of them next year so Um, and the next one is january 8th another primer for king of monsters so but yeah so that's my what i'm looking forward to in 2022 this one uh this next topic what's our favorite thing from clash of kings 2022 uh let's start with alex what are the things
4: i think matt and i touched on this in our episode and i think i've said i've said it a few times about how like the theme lists didn't really seem to have a purpose coming into this clash of kings and now i think they all have a lot more of an identity and like if you they have a style they have a purpose they have they're you know they're all at least marginally competitive or incredibly competitive depending um but they're all good now and like they all do something a little bit different and they're all theme like before they just they didn't have like they called they were called theme lists but a lot of them just kind of like "Eh, whatever so i think now all of the theme lists have a purpose and have like a role and they seem for lack of a better word legitimate um to that point I think the first pivot I mentioned earlier for Cult of the Raven will likely be Lady Bros uh, or the Green Lady. They just they get a lot of buffs, but I think it's just, they just I think their playstyle really got amped up, and I'm really looking forward to the kind of playstyle that they offer. And just they give me a really good opportunity to use some of those Mersha monsters and things that I have been collecting. So I think. That'll be a natural extension for the cult of the raven. And then Rift Forge orcs. I think they're just a really cool army. And again, I have lots of orcs. So these are all very selfish. Um, I'm looking forward to having like a, you know, orcs with monsters kind of army. Again, Mercia monsters, Mantic orcs. I think it's a match made in heaven. So thank you. Clash of Kings 2022, you've made my hobby. Goals a lot easier because you've given me cool things to look forward to. How about you, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, I think you 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 point point out some good ones. I would think design wise over the whole book, I love how they tried to come up with new rules or new units, not just for the sake of new rules or new units. I think in general, a lot of their choices are really flavorful. Like rampage and slayer, I think is really interesting. I love a lot of the new spells. So just sort of the general idea of trying to turn the you know turn it up to eleven, where not go crazy complex, but just add a little bit more flavor, a little bit more depth, a little bit more um, pizzazz. So that would be up there. Um, I think both new factions are really cool. Um, I think the halflings and Riftforge orcs are great, really interesting factions. Uh, And then number one, probably it has to be, I wanted to play Twilightkin for so long and they've just been a really struggled list wise. And now that's a list that I could see myself doing three or 4,000 points for because there's lots of different ways you can play that list. It's, it's really fun to play. It's dynamic, lots of cool models. So that's probably got to be my number one. I've just been having so much fun playing that list. but it just to me, it feels like the promise of third edition has been delivered is how I feel. I feel really that the game's at its most exciting and robust stage that it's been up to this point. So in general, I just I really love it. but what about you, Matt?
3: Uh, so for me, I think one of the one of the theme lists that got, a big change in its direction to an extent was the brother mark. And I think that's great for anyone with a human army that likes to have that human army swing into, you know, the various human options because the brother mark was really, you know, the poor cousin of the others uh, for, for a while. Um, Number two, I, I think that we've just got so much more flavor in the armies now and, and flavor between models, you know, so I think things like the rampage and slayer rules on, a lot of the different titans was inspired in terms of bringing fl- a way to make them better, but also bringing flavor. And as Alex mentioned, you know, a lot of the theme lists got better and and, and better in a flavorful way. So I think, you know, the knock on Kings has always been that there's not enough and not enough flavor in the armies as well as, you know, you know not having that extreme list building component but i have really enjoyed seeing the, the way they're injecting flavor and number three is the halflings one because it's not a you know a common army two they're bringing some things like spell ward that we the haven't seen before and also these these moving choice of auras so i think it's a really good way to to shake up the game with an army like that without without breaking the game that's me yep.
2: so my 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 first one is um croc dog regular i just think i haven't played him yet but on paper he just sounds amazingly fun like this dude is like looking between the legs of the ogre he's just like let me go let me go and then you let him go and he goes and whacks up an individual uh the second one is giving the magical options you know for every army to fill those gaps that they have and then the third one is it's the same one that most people have talked about it's conditional inspiring being gone is, is great for everybody like those, are, those, there's heroes in uh, many, many, many armies, not obviously ogres too, right? Where you already wanted to take that model, but you got, oh, I need more inspiring. There won't be very many people that say, I can't get enough inspiring into my list now. You can take what you want and, oh yeah, if it's a character, there's a reasonable chance that it probably inspires. Yeah, those are my three. Well, next up, we're going to do something new that we have not done before. And we're going to make a prediction, a singular prediction for 2022 there's no constraints on that so whether it's about mantic or keys of war whatever you want to be and the way it's going to work is we'll individually make our prediction and then the rest of us will say we agree or disagree and next year when we look back on this we will try and score it so alex you want to start us off what is your prediction for 2022
4: my prediction for 2022 for kings of war is that we will see so many glade stalkers that there will be a meta shift a hard meta shift at least halfway through the year maybe earlier it's i think the last two years have really softened our resolve on shooting and they are going to change that to a great extent so i think there's going to be some big shakeups because of Glade stalkers. I think everyone's going to be sick of them very soon. That's my prediction.
2: I will
3: agree with you. I will disagree.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree. There's nothing to see there. They're completely balanced. Let's move on. Move <laughs> on to the next.
4: <laughs> All right. So, Jer- stay away from Jeremy me. has <laughs> no vested interest whatsoever <laughs> in this comment. Right,
1: right. Well, let's sort of,
2: a Jeremy, what's your prediction?
1: I spy with my little eye. My prediction will be there is a list that will win masters that none of us have conceived of yet that is my prediction there will be a top winning tournament list that no one has caught in the meta that will be developed sometime over the next 6 months that none of us realized so that's my prediction so maybe not winning masters but there will there is a top list That we've all missed somewhere. (laughs) How about how about backtracking on your own prediction already? (laughs) (laughs) He's already failed. I feel so bad. I just fail at all things.
4: I will agree with one of those statements. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll agree too. Yeah, that we
2: that basically what you're saying is we missed something. I think there's, yeah, there's something something that hasn't come out yet. Yes. And with all the changes in Clash of Kings, yeah, of course we've missed something,
3: right? I disagree. Uh-huh. Okay.
4: Well let's throw it over to Matt for Matt, his Matt's just victory. going for points. He's just disagreeing he with the people who are, who All right, are voting well, the that's, same. You know,
3: if, if you wrong, see right
0: through me. I see right yeah. through
3: me. <laughs> okay. My prediction is that ogres will be the top army of the year. Agree. You mean by like most popular
1: or will be winning the most
3: events? I think we will see them winning the most events. Okay. I agree.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the, they're incredibly better now. I'm gonna make a prediction that you guys are probably gonna say
2: is a softball, but I'm gonna do it anyways.
1: You gotta agree or disagree with that, Rob? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree, of course. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I've mean, got like nothing to see they're, here. They're
2: broken, right? Come on, these <laughs> breakers are awesome. And now I have a mammoth backing them up with extra brutal. Come on, mine is actually something that probably well, it does predate Clash of Kings 2022. You know, is that is the Lord on Frostfang? All the really good Northern Alliance armors have three of them, and there's a reason for it. He's busted. I guess I'll I'll, I'll take it up a notch, and then since I think I think we're gonna see a shift that anything that's crushing three is gonna be like 220. It's gonna be 200 plus points, you know, going for it. He's too cheap for crushing three with the minimum tax he's got with Strider. So I think for him personally, you know, my guess is that they'll probably drop into crushing strength two that 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 might be sufficient honestly but
4: that's my that's my prediction i think all well, the twenty twenty two clash of kings will come out during the year so i think that's it's viable i think i i agree because the the thane is i think the thane c s two yes c s two t c one i think is probably a good middle ground for him so i'm i'm going to
1: agree i'll agree as well and i will
4: oh that
2: must mean i got a softball one there
1: you did get a softball one.
2: now at that time of the show where we will share the community responses that you shared with us on our facebook page huge thanks to everyone that contributed we ask you three questions number one what's your favorite kings of war related thing in 2021 number two what's your favorite change from clash of kings 2022 And number three, what are you looking forward to most in 2022? Well, let's get to tackling this long list, and we'll start at the top with Matt Gilbert's response. What's his favorite Kings of War related thing for 2021? Halflings, getting to give them jetpacks, the resumption of tournaments, and people playing other people in real life is great too. What's his favorite change from Clash of Kings 2022? Uh, Or can I have halflings again? You just did. And finally, what was he looking forward to most in 2022? Well, now that would be telling. Cheeky response, Matt, but we expect nothing less from you. Next, let's get to our very good friend, Steve Forrester. His favorite Kings of earlier thing was running his tournaments. His favorite Clash of Kings change was the readdition of formations. And what's he looking forward to in 2022? Running number three of It's Always Sunny in Panathor and hopefully getting to some 2GGGs. Next, let's look at the responses from our very good friend from Kansas City, Michael Wayne. His favorite Kings of War-related thing was the return of many great tournaments. His favorite Clash of Kings change is the elf archer change. And he comments, and he doesn't even play elves. Well, there's room on the bandwagon for you, Michael. Uh, And then finally, what's he looking forward to in 2022? Looking forward to finishing one of the four army projects he started. Next up, let's look at the responses from Sebastian Richard Reeves. What's his favorite Kings of War-related thing? Halfling Army sets getting released. I think that's going to be a common theme here. What's your favorite change from Clash of Kings 2022? Halfling Army list. Uh, and what are you looking forward to most in 2022? Using my Halfling Army. I see it. I see it, a theme there, Sebastian. Next, let's look at the response from Keith Conroy, the U.S. Master. His answer to number one, getting to start playing in GTs in person again. His answer to number two, the Great Chieftain, plus Wings of Honey Maze, plus the Horn of the Great Migration. And number three, what's he looking forward to in 2022? Getting to attend the Riddle of Steel GT. Next, let's look at this response from John Croyle. Uh, his favorite Kings of War related thing in 2021, I think it was branching out to play dwarves occasionally against my regular partner, or finally doing a display board. His favorite Clash of Kings change. It's early, but probably spell ward item and ability, and it's salvaging horror riff reverse. Spell ward could reduce use of mages. Which, in my opinion, is a good thing. This is ranks and flanks, not skirmish heroes. Next up, we have Nick Ziders. Uh, his favorite Kings of War related thing in 2021. I have to say, I like the UB tournaments and live streams stuck around, even though most lockdown restrictions have been lifted. It's a great way to learn new ideas, especially if you play with a small group. Uh, his favorite change in 2022 Clash of Kings. I'm really enjoying the Twilight Kin and Sylvan Kin lists. I hadn't played them very much this edition, but they feel more fleshed out. I think that's a common feeling about them in the community, that they feel like they're more finished army list at this point. Next up, let's take a look at Jesse's response, Uh, his favorite Kings of War-related thing, the return of GTs. His favorite Clash of Kings change, the Ogre Sergeants getting elite and steady aim, Value Town. 100% agree, I think he can get a heavy crossbow and he can really make some things happen now. And finally, what's he looking forward to in 2022? Definitely looking forward to a shift in the meta and what future tournament lists will look like with a lot of the lesser represented armies getting some interesting tweaks. Next up, let's look what our friend Aramis shared with us. His favorite Kings of War thing for 2021 was King Beyond the Wall. That'll make Alex happy. From making my first display board for it to getting to hang out with the crowd again. What's his favorite change from Clash of Kings 22? 22? Uh, Artifacts, always is. Something fresh and new to think on and try out, but not necessarily in an entirely new list kind of way. I especially like this year's. Some interesting ideas in the amazing rule, but kind of artifacts. There's a creative way to give us cool stuff without it getting abused. Uh, What's he looking forward to in 2022? Getting my dwarfs on the table. Still have a few that are painted, but haven't seen a game. Awesome! Thanks for sharing. Next up, we have the rapper himself, Tommy Deans. His favorite thing from 2021 was being able to play face to face again and roll the dice. His favorite thing from Clash of Kings 2022 were the new heroes and their new formations, and the thing he'd like to see in 2022. He would like to see a formation available for every named hero of every army, even going back to first printing of fluff for 2023. Well, next up, let's look what Janice has shared with us. Well, I have enjoyed trying out multiple lists in Clash of Kings 21. In fact, I will be using a fourth army type this weekend since our listing began as a spare player at the tournament I'm running. Clash of Kings 2022 has so much to take in, but I am enjoying soaking up the changes in magic. As for next year, I am utterly looking forward to running Swords of Summer back in a new venue for BritCon. Won't spam you up, but I would love to catch up with the people who have been before again and our new ones. Next up, we've got Croach's favorite, Michael Geld. His favorite thing from 2021, the new Clash of Kings book. Amazing content and loving the new army options and builds. Favorite change from Clash of Kings 2022, mage level spells. Great to see the mage levels established at the start of version 3 taking effect. And what's he looking forward to in 2022? Playing more games, hopefully, and my first Clash of Kings 2022 tournament. It's just a few weeks away, so good luck. Next, let's take a look at the responses from Bob Point. What's his favorite Kings World related thing from 2021? Playing in person again, but also the growth of the game, locally with 10 or 11 players, picking the game up after me shouting how great it was from the rooftops. What's his favorite change from Clash of Kings 2022? The changes to Elves. As they're on my painting table for next year. See, Michael, you've got, you've got company. What are you looking forward to most in 2022? Finally getting to events. I just started prior to COVID, so looking forward to jumping right in. And a barbarian furbies. Next up, we got my good friend Nick Brooks. Favorite Kings Award thing in 2021, coming in dead last at Samurai Showdown and winning the last Samurai Award. Favorite thing about Clash of Kings 2022. I just love that my favorite factions were finally getting so much needed love. Like the Twilight Kin and Order of the Green Lady, I adore the Champion of the Green Lady. Next, we've got everyone's favorite Mantic author, Ben Stoddard. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot in 2021, mostly the latter half with hosting refugees of the old world and getting to meet all of the Reno crew as well as everyone that came out from everywhere else. It was a rather diverse crowd. I also finally made it out to Lone Wolf and had a blast there as well. My favorite change from Clash of Kings 22 was the return of formations. They're just so much fun and full of ideas for building armies, super fun. In 2022, I'm looking forward to going to more tournaments and eventually getting that coveted wooden spoon at one of them. Next, we've got Martin Thorwell, number 1, Rifforged Orcs, number 2, Rifforged Orcs, and number 3, more Riftforged Orcs. Next, we have a response from Andrew Casertino. I hope I didn't slaughter that. His favorite Kings of War related thing in 2021 is that tournaments are back. His favorite Clash of Kings change from 2022 formations in general in interested armies that weren't really on the radar for me. And what's looking forward to in 2022? Tournaments and printing a few new armies. Next up, we have the busiest blogger in Kings of War, Steve Evans. My favorite thing about 2021 was going to Clash of Kings and meeting up with friends. I hadn't seen face-to-face in over a year and playing some great games of Kings. My favorite change is probably formations coming back into the game. What am I looking forward to in 2022? More events and getting closer to my goal of having a painted army for every faction in Kings. I think I might have 19 at this moment. Next, we got my good Warhammer buddy, Jimmy Livers. Uh, his big thing is the Wildcat Invitational Tournament. woo That he ran this year. Next, let's look at the three responses from John Paul. Number one, favorite thing is learning how great Kings of War is and getting into as much as I have. Number two, the improvements to the Cronius. Agreed. Double Cronius is great. Uh, From a beautifully useless model, it has had such a rules glow up. I like that glow up. That's cool. And number three, looking forward to all the games in 2022. 2021, Australia was not that fun. Next, we have Travis Cook. Favorite thing was finding out how great the game is and how fun playing in a tournament is. I have a few favorite clash of Kings changes. The formations add some flavor and a good starting point for list building. Also the removal of conditional inspiring agreed, allowing for more hero options that I hadn't considered taking before. Also riff Forge orcs. I look forward to building and painting more armies and getting out to play in more tournaments in 2022. Next, we got my very good friend Kara Brown, uh, her favorite Kings of War related thing in 2021, getting back to events and seeing my Kings of War family again, especially at Masters and Gem City. Her favorite Clash of Kings 2022 change, Rift orcs. So excited to get my new army on the table. And what is she looking forward to in 2022? Enjoying good times with friends and old, and playing some great games with the community that has grown around my favorite game. Next up, we've got the response from Luke Schaefer, his favorite 2021 Kings of War thing, events. His favorite Clash of Kings 2022 change had hard to pick one, but I'd have to say the greater error elemental. I agree that that small base, the 50 millimeter square is so awesome giving everything it has. Uh, and then his favorite thing he's looking forward to in 2022 can con clash tournament. Let's keep this train rolling. Let's look at Richard miles's response. Favorite thing from 2021 home working, meaning I can paint during breaks favorite Clash of Kings 2022 change. Centaur Hordes. Agreed, that's going to be an interesting unit on the table. And looking forward to, in 2022, two two day 3K tournaments. Next up, we've got the infamous Danny Graves. I've loved getting back into more tournaments and being a part of such a vibrant and welcoming scene that really makes the game come alive. Clash of Kings 22 is the best yet, certainly the biggest. The formation is adding real personality especially love the halfling poachers and water formation, which is making me finally get around to doing an order of the green lady force. I'm looking forward to a year of awesome signed up for 10 already, and especially excited about playing three K go big or go home. Pablo shares with us his favorite Kings of war related thing in 2021 is that he got to play a lot of UB tournaments with different people and realize it's not only my local community. That's made of cool people. People but the Kings of War community in general is. Favorite Clash of Kings change? As an Ogre player, my favorite change is now that I can unlock with Warrior Regiments. And the thing he's looking forward to most in 2022, I'm looking forward to playing in as many in-real-life tournaments as I can. And last but not least, we have Dwayne Richardson, who I expect is hunkered down somewhere listening to this you know, in some uh, foreign location painting models. Favorite Kings of War 2021-related thing is Mantic stepping up their model quality. It makes me want to buy every new model they release. Would like them to replace all their metal models with resin, though. Me too. My favorite change from Clash of Kings 2022 is the excitement and enthusiasm in the community. It seems exceptionally rejuvenated, which is cool. Long-time players are making new lists and painting new armies. Then, of course, the Halflings and Riftforge Orcs are awesome. The inspiring rule and in bringing back formations is cool too. I look forward to getting back into the community playing games and going to tournaments in 2022. I'm also excited about painting and hobbying again, which I'm really looking forward to. Can't wait to see you in person again, Dwayne. Again, thanks to everyone that participated. Uh, we really appreciate it and uh and we hope everybody has a great 2022 of Kings of War. I'm Elliot Morrish, the Accessible First of the Northern Kings and new RC member, and you're listening to CounterCharge.
0: Welcome back to Counter Charge.
3: Hi, this is Rob Berman, and you're listening to CounterCharge.
1: And we are back. Big year, guys. I mean it's weird. It's like, look, I don't know how it is for you, but I feel like when I'm trying to think of what's what's happened in 2020 and 2021, it feels like a big mush but when you think about it a lot of really great stuff happened this last year it's easy to miss stuff right like even when we're talking about the magic releases like oh
2: that's you know there's a lot of stuff that came out same thing with the show we have a lot of great episodes that came out we have the live streams there's just a lot of stuff happened in 2021 it's hard it's hard to hard to remember everything totally um
1: what about shout outs matt why don't you go first any closing thoughts or shout outs about the year or anything you want to
3: say uh, look, I, I think a shout out just to the general community uh, this year. Um, I mean, it's also, I think, a tough year in a lot of ways on top of a previously <laughs> tough year. So I think the, the community did a good, good job of um, holding together. I mean, during some of these times, you'd see some communities implode. And I think we're going to come out of Kings growing, honestly. Um, so I think a shout out to the community. Um, also, shout out to you know, Rob for keeping me as his favorite um, because, you know, there's no, there's no knocking me off the throne, boys. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, they're, they're my main shout outs. Uh, What about you, Alex Goose? Yeah, it's been a big
4: year and I just wanted to give a big thanks to all the guests and all the listeners this year. And like, Especially with the live streams, like we said earlier, it's awesome to hear from you in real time, and on the Facebook page, and in in person. It's nice to be, you know. This year, I had people who would comment face to face about the the podcast, which was awesome because, you know, last year that wasn't really an occurrence. So it's it's been a big year that way, and I think you know it's awesome to always hear. That you guys appreciate what we do because it's a lot of fun but we do it for the community so i think it's really good to hear back, hear that feedback i want to shout out to the ontario kings of war scene i think it's been rough but we've come through you know whatever this has been bigger and better there's more players everyone has more armies you know came beyond the wall was an awesome success And, you know, big shout out to everyone who helped with that, you know, John, Steve, Mike, Jesse, you know, Barnaby, all the guys that made, you know, Mike and his amazing trees, you know, all the guys who made it possible to keep this thing going. And also a shout out to all the Messenger Facebook chat groups that just keep the lists churning, all the Filth Labs, all the Power Gamer groups trying to figure out how to make everything as good as possible keep doing the good work how about you jeremy
1: uh yeah you bring up some some good ones there the main thing i want to shout out is a couple things you know rob and i have talked and we've talked about it before on the show right where it's crazy just when you think about it no matter where you go in the world there's someone there who plays kings who you could hang out with so i just wanted to say a special thanks to to all you guys and especially The tournament organizers, the community guys, the people running demos, the people running game days, all the community builders. I mean, we wouldn't have a hobby without a community. So just so thankful to all the TOs out there, all the tournaments that I go to. All you guys are so great. You know, all the After Dark people, everyone. And then I want to do a special shout out to my new beautifully bodacious Abyssian wife, Hillary, we joke a lot about it, but we couldn't do this hobby if our partners weren't loving and supportive of our craziness and are just massive amounts of everywhere in the house. Uh, I'm just so thankful to have found a partner who not only uh, accepts it about me, but does so with enthusiasm and caring and not rolling of the eyes. I get, It's like 80-20 where I get rolling of the eyes 20% of the time and support 80% of the time. But I don't think you could you could have a family and a partner and be in this hobby unless they're supportive of it. So special thanks to her. And to you guys, you know, uh, I love all you guys. We really are a family. Special thanks to, you know, Mark and to Steve and to all of the hosts who have come and go in the Countercharge family. We miss you all. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy our stuff. And we're always open to feedback. And, you know, hashtag blessed is really how I feel. So what about you, Robbo? It's been a tough year. Obviously losing Jesse was
2: a blow to everybody. The outcome of that I think shows what the community is made of. Pegging on what you said, you know, thanks to the people in the community that are driving Kings of War to grow. I'll be the first to bitch sometimes like, "Oh man, I'm doing another demo and you know, it's like I don't really get a chance to play games as much." Look, it's hard work and, you know, um, those of you that are doing that, going out there tirelessly being consistent, showing up, playing Kings of War in public Teaching people kings of war, running events. Um, you're the lifeblood of the community and you're the reason why the, the game keeps growing. So, you know, at this time of year, you know, like Jeremy said, you know, be thankful for what you've got around you. You know, we're on a podcast talking about Toy Soldiers. So let's take it with a grain of salt, right? Like at the end of the day, oh no, I didn't get my army painted. You know, it's like, okay, it's it's not the end of the world, guys. Hopefully, though, everybody got what they wanted for Christmas, because you'll be hearing this on Christmas Day. So hopefully you've you know opened up all your great packages.
3: I I, I miss something. Sorry, Rob. Jeremy and I wax lyrical a little bit on this um, during our episodes, but this this is a year for the RC for more sure. Than, more more than any other year we've seen two armies and and the biggest update that we've ever seen. And you know those those guys. It is an enormous amount of work. I mean, they essentially write it. You know, they essentially write it. There's the direction comes from Mantic, but anything that's new, they write themselves. So for un, unpaid, essentially unpaid roles, um, you know, it is an enormous amount of work. And you know, they have their own Discord group and and stuff like that. It's it's just, yeah. I mean, they Yeah, here, their, here. yeah they, they they really need a big shout out. I think. And well, so as think Mark will say, a, a
1: tip of the hat. A tip yeah. of the hat.
3: A Thank you, gentlemen, hat. and yeah. Elliot. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: guys, uh, hopefully, you guys got everything you wanted for Christmas and looking for another banner year. We're, uh, well, you know, all I want
1: for Christmas is you guys.
3: Oh. <laughs> we love you too, man.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Matt, thanks for the great year, you guys. We're looking forward to next year. That's going to
3: do
0: us tonight. And until next time,
2: keep countercharging. Thanks
0: for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.
2: <Charts> all right, so we are, we, we is recording. Yeah, so you guys are ready? We're we're waiting on you. Okay. Yeah! M- not the word, so not you know what's funny you that? It's funny, I, I've been watching Metallica <wl bargains> documentaries and he is all about that. No, 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 no. It's funny to see a heavy metal singer Doing yeah. those crazy vocal things, it vocal really exercises. Yeah. yeah, sorry. All
1: right, All
3: I right. have digressed. This time, Jeremy. Awesome. We'll take a quick break.
1: Blah, um, outtakes. Outtakes. Great. We will take <laughs> a quick. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic.
4: I have to unmute myself. Uh, so I think. Uh... <clears throat> sorry. Let
2: me start that over because I Atlantic. It's Atlantis Ventures.
1: Well, let me scroll up. Um, um,
3: um, 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 uh, um, so and yourself, Rob. Well, for me, oh, you did yours. Did you nope. do yours?
2: Oh, uh, nope, no, I threw it to Alex first. Uh, and now I don't, I don't think, I think
4: I really, I really because if, um, so, uh, that I don't, I, I my Kings of War prediction for 2022 is that. Everyone is going to be so sick and tired of seeing Glade stalkers by like halfway through. Anyway, I'm gonna
3: start over again. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm, um, you guys are going so quick, I can't even keep my notes here. Um, it's dumb. So, my and uh, this was a lot quicker than last year. I can We
2: like have yeah, less people it, though.
1: Yes. It helps. Mm.
3: Okay. Um, so, so sorry. it's Jeremy? Bringing us back? Yeah, in?
1: I'll I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick Okay, we're uh, So
4: uh, a... to, You know, like the um, You know,
1: you know,
2: you know Um, 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 uh, uh, um, uh And,
3: um, uh, and, uh, and, um, uh You know, we've got, uh, you We're, we're, uh, it is what it is Um, so yeah. well,
2: I, uh, um, well, who think. wants to take us out? You know, Alex. Maybe you got a guitar there. Maybe you can play some like police. <laughs> it's in the other room,
4: but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, awesome! It'll be yeah, interesting to see how this sounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be interested yeah. like
2: to like look at it and see what bit rate. This I feel like, like it,
4: when I'm listening through my headset, it sounds better than Skype. Correct. Mm. There's less.
2: There's less, like hiccups. Yeah, I on. know.
4: I remember, you know in my you know four episodes of editing. Uh, my vast experience
1: your deep deep ocean of experience yeah i always
4: like those little skype weird things that like Mm -hmm. some stuff just gets garbled and it's like
1: no but seriously i do i do honestly really love you guys you know thanks so much for being such a great family and team
0: woman where's my super suit why do you need to know